Oh, that's what it was, Pork yeah. kidneys? Kidneys. Oh! Dude, they were like, my dad would always be like, stop crying. I'd be like, stop hitting me. <laughs> he's kind of got that, like, escaped mental patient run that he's got where he's like, feels about. to the danger zone. Sup? Today's podcast, podcast, what? Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash snuggle. That's two Gs, by the way. Hold on. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Quit reading like a nerd and start listening like a beast during your commute, workout, or meal prep for free for a whole month. Audibletrial.com slash snuggle. Write it down right now. Remind yourself to sign up because you're probably going to forget, you little, little dandelion. Press pause. I'll wait. And we're back. Enjoy that Audible trial, my friend. You deserve high-quality, well-produced audio narrativization. We're also brought to you by The Horse's Ass. It's a short movie on Amazon. It's hilarious, and if you don't watch it, you're, you're dead to me. If you like this podcast, quit jerking off and support us by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, or just sending us money using the link in the podcast description. Come on. Support an upper-middle-class guy's independent radio show. Have a heart. Do you want to be famous? Email that snugglydragon at gmail.com to have your questions read and answered during the show. Here's Q's pet peeve of the week. Quote, people who actually choose the spooky, ghostly-sounding ringtone as their default ringtone. Why the fuck did you find it appealing enough to hear every time someone calls you? End quote. Yeah, screw that one. What is this? Halloween? Grow up. Okay, very cool. Coming at you today is Connor Connick and Matthew Jement. You know, I should I should say coming at you today are Connor Connick and Matthew Jement. Parallelism, or no, subject, verb, agreement. Uh, anyway, these two dudes are complete gentlemen whose charming chemistry and insight is guaranteed, or are guaranteed, charming chemistry and insight are guaranteed. God, I'm sorry, y'all. It's, it's off day. Uh, guaranteed to provide you with warm tinglies. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, honestly, if it's Tuesday or Wednesday, you might be our 10,000th Snuggly Dragon podcast download. Pretty crazy. 10 zero, zero, zero downloads over the past two-ish years. Um, unreal. Pretty nuts. But uh, enjoy the show. Thanks, as always, for your support. And... Bless you. Snuggly Dragon Podcast. Oh, we're sitting next to Connor Connick. Say hello, Connor. What's going on, y'all? Um, 
First time podcast. Long time listener, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. My man. So yeah. this is the first time you've ever been on a podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean. Ooh, and all right. Any trepidations? Any? Dude, I'll be honest with you. I was talking to Matthew about this before we came. I have, like, I have some butterflies going into this. A couple yeah, butterflies. First well, time, yeah. That's what, uh, yeah. that's what <laughs> the liquid courage is for. <laughs> and we're also sitting next to Mr. Matthew Jement. <laughs> Mr. Matthew Jement. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. You're looking pretty well, and you're very welcome to be had. Um, I was going to start out with this little Mardi Gras talk. Uh, high points, low points. I can go first, of course. Uh, were you here for Mardi Gras? Yeah, dude, it was the uh, first we got one. We semen on our hands. <laughs> yeah, it was the first one in a while I was able to make. So, um. okay, well, what was the? Give me either the high point, highest point, the lowest point, or the most medium point. Um, I would say highest point. Uh, got to hang out for like with buds and chill out. And, so, um, that's always got tight. to uh, got to see, dude. It was cool. My I've got two little nephews that are like three and two, about to be four and three. So it was cool just watching Mardi Gras through their eyes again, you know. Just like they were sitting, already out there on the, on the route? Oh, yeah, dude, sitting in the ladders and all that stuff, you know. So it was pretty, it's pretty cool watching this. That was probably the high. Um, I'd just gotten back from uh, my hitch offshore. And, yeah, I had some, uh, I was a little sick when I got back, you know. So that was probably hmm. the low point. Seasick, homesick, uh, lovesick. It's, uh, yeah, dude, so I've been having, like... Put that microphone good. right up to your face. Oh, my bad, dude. Just lower it right in there. Oh, there we go. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, every time when I go and come back, uh, I get, like, it's like, you, should, you know, I don't know. They, they use different cooking oils over there and stuff like that, so... Give us a little context, by the way. You're a world-traveling seaman. Uh, yeah, I guess, dude. So, I work every other month in Egypt on a drill ship, so... That's your standard gig now? It's my standard gig. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm a third mate on there. Damn. And uh, so if you ever, like, it's kind of hard to explain what I do. So if you ever seen the movie Deepwater Horizon, there's a, a female actress whose name I can't remember, but she's the main. Charlize Theron? <laughs> I'm hoping it's, in my head, it's going to be Charlize. No, no, no it's not her. her Dude, she's the, uh, she's the girl who plays Jane the Virgin in Jane the Virgin. I don't know any virgins. Seen? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to being sexually active. Sup? Sup? Um, but yeah, so that's basically what I do, dude. It's kind of like... Well, I haven't seen the movie, so I have no, I have okay. no idea what you do. Basically, so, like I said, I'm a third mate out there, so I do And like, romanticize it. Make it sound a lot cooler than it is. You don't have to be too, like, truthful about it. Okay. Um, so what I was going to say was that... Uh, I basically do, like, general maintenance and manual labor every day. Mm-hmm. And then kind of, like, whenever... Somebody important on the bridge is like, yo, I need to go to the restroom. I need to go eat. I need to come back up here. And it's like, cool. And then I go sit on the bridge for a little bit. The bridge. It's I'm the, not a nautical guy, so you gotta where you where you drive the boat from, like that whole area. Okay, well, what do you call something that connects two pieces of land, like a man-made structure? A, a bridge. Is there a lot of fun content jokes that have whenever y'all go underneath one? From oh no no dude I like I like sit in one position so. Wow. So there's a program that that's where that comes into play. So that chick in the movie is a DPO. So that's the easiest way to describe what I do. So basically, dynamic positioning, DPO, dynamic positioning officer, and so it's a computer program that basically formulates an al- algorithm and kind of keeps Whoa. all your I'm already thrusters. Impressed. No, it's like dude. And it's, then I heard thrusters. <laughs> so I'm I am locked in. Oh, so yeah, so you have these thrusters, like basically a propeller that spins 360 degrees. So okay. it's rotating to keep you, like generate propulsion. 
Um, and the size of the ship is like it's, monstrously gigantic. So it's kind of small in the grand scheme. So it's like it's actually really narrow. Suppose everything too. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything on this planet. Yeah, dude. So um, it's actually only like six hundred fifty-two feet long, and it's only, which in the grand scheme is like it's there's you know there's container ships out there that are twelve hundred feet long. You know, so wow. Yeah, those are insane. But uh, so but it's only like eighty-two feet wide, so it's actually pretty narrow, dude. Um, I'm thinking. I think of like a, a sailboat as a small boat. This this is a pretty medium sized boat. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a fairly medium sized boat. Okay, yeah. great. And you just sit in one spot and just yeah, for the play most part, computer games. So like yeah, you, like they're drilling a well, dude. So you're basically just monitoring mm. the ship and make sure it stays in like a certain like position, basically. You're bobbing up and down. Are you are you inland? Like, are you in the Nile or you're? Oh, no, no. Some about like I think the farthest you've ever gone out is like forty two miles off the coast of Egypt. Okay, so and we're you're pretty just close. Bobbing around, drilling into the Earth's crust sub yeah. aqueously for oil. Yeah, basically. So, Whoa. so like the wells differ in depth, obviously. So it's like could be a thousand meters it could be 300 meters you know so it could be three thousand feet or 900 feet you know so it's, it's just totally different um so and yeah. we were we were describing this because you were sick and we're trying to get to your mardi gras <laughs> yeah. low is that that's what yeah exactly so basically every time i travel dude it's, and it's kind of gross but it's like uh i have some pretty intense diarrhea like, gastro yeah gastrointestinal oh, <laughs> I'm on that train even without trying. Oh, dude, it's money. brutal. I get it going there and coming back. So, like, the first, my first week back, dude, is just, like, catching up on sleep and running to him from the bathroom. It's terrible. Sorry, is... for, sorry for all the listeners out there. No, I, they love poop. Um, that's such a strange thing to be brought about just by travel? What, is yeah, it because you're so clock like, is changing? <clears throat> yeah, so basically we're six to six out there, but it's an eight-hour difference. So when I come back, I'm actually working like 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. You go 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. No, so over there I go 6 a.m. Oh, to 6 p.m. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, so I'm eight hours ahead of people here, mm-hmm. and so um, and you do that once a month? every other, every, other every month, other month, dude. Yeah. So I tr- I fly Bless to Egypt you. every other month or every month. So I'm either going there or I'm coming back every month. Bless you. So so most of your Mardi Gras was getting past the hump. Oh, yeah. Of dude. the travel diary. So it was like catch people on sleep. And then, you know, so I was able to hang out Friday afternoon. So, like, Friday morning, I was ready to go, getting gung ho. People were in town and uh, ended up, like, getting fever and having the chills and just passing out for a couple hours. Damn. Oh, yeah. So, but it, you know, it worked out, dude. I got to hang out Saturday and then Sunday I was down for the count and I got to hang out Monday and Tuesday. So, it was down for cool. the count, what do you mean? Just like the same issues resurfaced oh, oh, again. I see. Yeah. So. Pretty much it, man. Okay. It's high low, dude. High low. A couple highs, couple lows. What about you, Mr. Jamin? Any uh, particularly evocative Mardi Gras experiences or? Uh... Um, nothing super cool. Uh, I did run into some old friends. We went and saw Galactic at Tips, which was cool. Okay. But like, I feel like I'm an old man. Like by Sunday at six thirty, I was asleep and just done. Yeah, yeah. With stamina, the question of stamina kind of came up this year. And I never more. had too much of that to begin with. So. <laughs> yeah, it always, it always kind of catches me too. I don't know, man. College, we we were freaks. We were alcoholic machines, and that's kind of just what they breed over in Tigerland, right? But yeah, at this time by Monday, I was. Oh, my goose was cooked. But I went to the extravaganza in the Superdome. You ever been to that? I've never been, dude. What, what is, is that? Dude. So it's the Endymion Ball 
in the Superdome. The parade actually rolls through, and there's just like probably 30,000, 40,000 people there. Everyone's dressed in tuxedos, ball gowns, and stuff. And the parade does a little lap. Like, they clear out the floor. They take away all the turf and stuff. And it's the end of the round, so people are just going nuts and just discharging all over everyone's faces. <laughs> Giggity. But, but, like, you got to, you know, get the rest of your throws out there. Um, so it's pretty ratchet, pretty nuts. Then they had Lionel Richie, Chicago, Damn. and Flo Rida to cap it off. Flo doesn't even come on to like 2.30. I was about to say, that's a hell of a mix. It seems dude. like a weird <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> halftime mix-up situation. Absolutely. It was an odd pairing. Uh, flavor pairings I want to get into. Odd ones uh, with you, by the way. Don't forget. But it was fantastic. A lot of fun. Um, I mean, I was on the floor of the Superdome. And you know when you're at JL's or something and the lights come on, you kind of blink back into existence for a little bit? That happened to me where the 50-yard line should have been. And really? I, like, the lights came on, and I was in the Superdome. It was about 4.30, 5 o'clock. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So that was probably my high, was, was the the extravaganza. A low? I guess having to, like, jump over, like, high fences to go pee, sneaking into upper, upscale mansion yards uptown to kind of relieve oneself, that's not the most fun part. I've been, uh, I've been sprayed with a hose before. No. Yeah. It's nice. There were a bunch of other people there too. So I felt like it's like everybody's doing it. Oh, but yeah, an old lady came out and started spraying us. Wow. I mean, I don't blame her really. You were spraying her yard with a hose. So I guess that's only makes sense. Have you, have you ever, you have any wacky stories of like just inappropriate. I mean, the only time I ever got arrested, don't tell my mom, was indecent exposure. <laughs> I was completely naked yeah, on the I beach. I remember that, Alabama. But uh, any any close calls that we're allowed to talk about from Mardi Gras? Any? Because what I I, I kind of <clears> like, <throat> I kind of make an adventure out of. All right, because you can go pretty close to the route, the ballsier you are, right? There's a a bell curve or whatever. There's like yeah. a risk reward kind of graph, and. Some of the nicer houses closest to the route have those like tall, tall fences, and I kind of I just like to climb things. You know, I'm always trying to push boundaries as an athlete and stuff. So, (laughs) I've I've landed into some very approximate, approximate, approximate facilities. Um, Relieved myself real quick, popped back up, everything's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some some ballsy encounters, but I'm just I'm not. I'm not that athletic enough or coordinated enough to like hop a stone fence to take a take a leak, you know. Typically, I'm waiting to the point where it's like I've got to go and I've got to go right now, you know. So yeah. I'm just trying to find a yard with some some nice shrubbery and kind of take a kneel in and just go, dude. Pretend like you're tying the shoe, like the old soccer field move. And <laughs> I recently learned here's a public service announcement for for everyone who doesn't know this. You if you're just kneeling down and wearing shorts, you can get away with a, oh, with yeah. a quick pee, especially at the beach. It is true. You got to be careful though, because sometimes you know you can get arrested. You can't just walk. You, on the you can't just walk in the water. So when it's when it's a little too cold, or maybe <laughs> I don't know. I can't really think of a another scenario. But yeah, it's kind of a good point. You know, the world's toilet is sitting right there. So yeah, no you, offense, Connor. No, none taken. That's, um, that's where he works. Some somebody we won't name, who I'm friends with, did that the entire time at the beach. Like I think borderline for the attention. Or just to, like, show that he could pull it off, but it's like, right. now there's just a puddle of piss two feet away from where everybody's sitting. Well, be a decent guy and, you know, dig it out a little bit, cover it up. Don't be a jerk about it. But, yeah, that's another good... It's, if you need attention, it's kind of a funny party gag. 
Yeah, so so the spring break move was always to kind of like, you know, it's always a little cold, goal shore, so you go in, you wait in there just below the level you need to be and take a leak. And then after that, your shorts already wet, so you just kind of leak it wherever. <laughs> you, don't even have, you don't have to wipe or flush or anything. <laughs> yeah. you just... Well, you can be playing cornhole and just step to the side and leak it, and you're good to go. Yeah. Dude. It was kind of gross, but, but there was somebody who did it for attention. I think we're talking about the same person. <laughs> he would do it dry, just roll. Oh, God. <laughs> just pee his pants dry. There was talk about loser of the fantasy football league this year has to pee himself in public. Like, you just have to stand there and pee yourself, which would be rough. How it's one thing if you're in a bathing suit at the beach or whatever, but, like, go to Grits and pee yourself on the dance floor. Oh. oh. Now, the real question is, can it be, like, fake pee? Or they have to actually piss their pants? You gotta hydrate, and you gotta, you gotta go for it. Uh, what if they get too shy? Oh, they get pee shy? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess don't play fantasy football, then. <laughs> um, I don't know. The, the loser this year... Had to stay at Waffle House for 24 hours, and for every waffle you eat, you get 30 minutes off your. 30 minutes. Sentence. Yeah, That's and those brutal, are big waffles. Dude. That's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would. I would think it would be an hour. 30 minutes, brutal. Yeah, the best one we had was a, ro- a Comedy Central style roast, though. That was fantastic. Even though I didn't even lose, I got roasted the most. <laughs> I guess there's a lot to make fun of, you know. But whatever. Uh, but my favorite, and I always say this, but um, I suggested you have to. Get a catheter and use it for a day. Was not met with much enthusiasm. One year we did. Uh, <clears throat> there was talk of ninth place. It's a ten man league. Ninth place has to get proposed to by tenth place in public. So we all we have a dinner at Commander's Palace. The other eight, you know, top place finishers are at one table, and then these two guys, or you know, if it's a girl, we've never had a girl in the league. Um, but kind of the fun is like the homophobic aspect of it. But they're at their own table, and they have to go clink, clink, excuse me, everyone. And 10th place has to propose an optional kiss, if you're feeling it. Um, what kind of abusive uh, treatments do y'all do if, to y'all's losers? We so, haven't had one too bad, but uh, I don't know. My friend had one where the loser of the playoffs had to be a chicken, and then, like, the loser of the league had to be a wolf. And if he caught that person, like, they had to drink at ten bars. And if the wolf overtake, the, like, met up with the chicken, huh. then I, don't, I can't remember the consequences. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and so he gets, like, a 30-minute head start or something? The I think it was more money. I think it was, like, $500. Oh, wow. And But the chicken gets a head start, and then the wolf... Like at the first bar, and you have to drink a, a beer at each bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the wolf comes in like 30 minutes later, and he's yeah. just hounding. And then if the group like overtakes no the wolf, but like I don't think that was ever a possibility. I did see my friend after, they were all hammered, because like, you'd have one drink at every bar, so some people would just do shots at every bar. Support the economy, you know? Yeah. What about, you ever been a... No, dude, we haven't, uh, in my, like, so we're in, uh, our, I'm in a league with my family, and I'm also in a league with Matthew and a couple other guys, a couple of our friends, and, mm-hmm. uh, there's always one guy in our, in our league who we went to high school with who's proposing these, like, wacky loser deals and stuff yep. like that, so, but, uh, so far we haven't really done anything, as lame as that sounds, I would, I would definitely be down to start doing some kind of fun, like, the Waffle House idea to me is hilarious. That was fun. It so was, funny. I gotta say, it was kind of abused. The the loser this year, he had all these loopholes and kind of, 
in passing, people be like, oh, it'd be funny if, like, your mom comes and teaches you about banking, like, that's seven hours off and just random stuff like that. And he kind of took advantage of it, and I was a little disappointed. I wasn't even in the league this year, honestly. I was just there to kind of make fun of the loser, but... You get kicked out. You know, I decided, I elected not to, to play this year. And I kind of, I kind of loved my decision. I don't know, it's a lot of stress, it's a lot of... I'm, I'm just not particularly good at it. And I don't like playing the waiver wire. I just have a lot of other things I'd rather do with my week than, like, mm-hmm. play fantasy football. Um, and you end up, I mean, I guess this is part of the draw, why people like it, but you just watch a bunch of games that you don't really care about. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's why I really like it, because you, you start caring about games that... Uh, a little personal investment. Absolutely. I mean, it's always Saints before anything else, but, you know, we've got a couple buddies in our league that... Where it's like it doesn't matter, dude. Their fantasy team takes precedence. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, dude. Shame, shame, shame. So, uh, what's it like to have stuff to do during the week? <laughs> to be so busy and important that you don't have time for that. Uh, about the same. About the same. Just a little less trash talk in your life, and um, yeah, I mean, who knows how efficacious I was with my off time. Sorry, there's a young uh, little snuggly dragon in the hallway who's banished from the studio because he makes too much goddamn noise. He's still doing a great job of making noise, so if he persists, I'm going to just go beat him in the back and (laughs) be quiet. Uh, All right, then let's jump into fun flavor pairings. We got a a cuisine expert. We got a palate aficionado. Let's take advantage of him. What you got for us? Give, give, Give me a fun recipe or like a salt and chocolate or like bananas and ketchup or... Because you're an experimenter, right? Um, I guess, but I don't know. I'm trying to think about, like, really weird shit that I like. Well, what's your go-to? It's like, all right, we got a 10-person dinner party. I've had a a stressful week. I don't have a lot of time to, like, I'm falling back on my my impulse, my kind of go-to. What are you preparing for us? Oh, okay. So, I mean... I don't know. If I don't have, like, a lot of time to plan, usually, like, I like to cook different stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could fall back on some stuff. I have, like, an Israeli cookbook with, like, a bunch of shish kebabs that are good. And then you can do, like, bab ganoush, hummus, like, Mm -hmm. cauliflower with herbed lebna. You know. Ooh. Ooh. Bringing it to the people. Ooh. Okay. Well, what if you do have time to prepare? Well, then I'll probably, like, I don't know, decide that I want to cook a dinner that's, uh... Not like themed, but I'll just be like, oh, I'll cook like Spanish food this time or Italian Mm -hmm. food this time or whatever. And I'll just like recipe hunt. Okay. I feel like, yeah, I'm a better recipe hunter than I am a cook. Really, I just know where to, I just know where to find good recipes for the most part. Okay. Well, wow me with like a cool, unique one, please. Um, I have a bunch of, uh, I have a bunch of cookbooks. I mean, I always plug serious eats. Um, Food and Wine is actually pretty strong. Yeah, Serious Eats is great. If you haven't been there, like, it should be your first, your first stop. Give me, quit stalling, give me like a, like a chicken breasted onion garlic, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm horrible at food. I I pretty (laughs) much eat the same goddamn thing. Like, there's like five different meals that I just switch out. Oh, dude, I've gotten pretty bad with my, uh, it's like with working, been cooking way less. I mean, I had to hide from my uh, the lady that cuts my hair the other week because I was in the supermarket. I was getting two lean cuisines, a bottle of wine, <laughs> and a 12-pack of LaCroix. Like a 45-year-old mother. Side note, the, the LaCroix jokes. 
just get me like a few other jokes. Get me. You all have heard these, right? No. Oh my god! Like Lacroix tastes like your foot falling asleep. <laughs> I've I've I heard that Lacroix tastes like sparkling water, and somebody yelled the fruit fruit flavor from the other room. Uh, lemon lime Lacroix is like Sprite with a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's a bunch gross. of the internet just went nuts one week over them and there's a lot of good content there but um all right but have you encountered any like like oh i wouldn't have thought that would taste good together like i want i want some weird contrast i want like dirt I t- and i tend to catfish. eat like yeah <laughs> i tend to uh eat like weirder food than like weirder food combinations i guess okay. like you know, if I see something on a menu that I've never had before, I always You're try one to get of those? It. Yeah, so it's oh, like man. sea urchin or fucking, you know, it's like anything like that. I'm always oh. game to try it. Beef tongue, that kind of stuff. Ew. Taco's Ew. Dude, action. yeah, taco's lengua. It's the pinnacle. What's it called? Ta- taco's lengua? De lengua? De lengua. Something of the tongue. Tacos. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> There's that. All right. Um... That's weird. What what kind of weird food have you eaten, man? Like, a... dude, honestly, I was about to bring up something with him. He, when I was living in Houston, going to honestly, A&M, but get that microphone right up. I'm to sorry, you, dude. I'm like, hey, I'll be podcast etiquette. I'll, I'll just keep reminding you until you fucking. I'm uh, I'm a little paranoid about being too loud because I'm all I'm, I'm like I'm normal. You are normally very loud. <laughs> loud so that speaker, is a dude. founded thing. So that but was don't something, worry, I... baby. That's what this is for. That's oh, what this nice, cute little dude. knobs yeah, for. I came in there, was like, all right, dude, don't be loud. You know, talk soft on the mic. What I want you to do is talk in your normal voice and okay. allow me to tailor the sound around oh, you. Dude, beautiful. I can do that. Um, <clears throat> but he came into Houston. So go ahead and put that microphone <laughs> right in front of your face. There you go. So right. he came you see how close I am? You see this? You can't yeah. be too close, baby. All right, can't be too close. Ooh, ooh. ooh, is that better? As long as you're comfortable, right? You want to sit in a nice, relaxed posture like moi. Okay. Put it right See, up this is where the briefing would have helped. You know what I mean? Like, I tried yeah. to jump into it because you guys were late. We were oh, late. I don't know about that. <laughs> we thought it was a flexible 8 o'clock, you know? Um, Continue, please. So there's a, there's a pretty dope... Uh, Chinese place in Houston in Chinatown called Mala Szechuan. If you haven't been, you should go. Hmm. There's like a there's one in like the trendy area of Houston called uh, Montrose, and, okay. and that they kind of have like more hippie dippy items on What's the menu. What's the trendy area of Houston? Houston's actually in our top four most popular cities for this podcast. Oh, nice. Well, uh, I dude, I like Houston a lot, but I mean, you know, the very heights, clean. The, oh yeah, the Heights is like a pretty trendy area, mm-hmm. especially with our age, and then. Montrose is where, like, if you want, like, an oddly placed tattoo, a good cup of coffee, a nice craft beer, whoa, you're going to go to Montrose. Whoa, whoa, let's back it up. Oddly placed tattoo. Yeah, you know, like, you ever walk into a coffee shop? Like, I have a, I have a coffee shop theory. It's like, if you go in and somebody has no other tattoos but, like, a crook of the elbow tattoo, uh-huh. it's like, why would you get a tattoo placed there? You're probably going to get a pretty damn good cup of coffee, you know? Huh. Or it's like, like, just a hand tattoo and that's it? Huh. Probably going to get a... Where's your tattoo? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, my tattoos, uh, it's in, it's in, it's in a sensitive area. It's in the Netherlands. It's in the, it's in the nether regions. It's on my, uh, right butt cheek. <laughs> is that an oddly placed tattoo or is that a pretty uh, standard, in your estimation? I feel like it's pretty standard. It's very common. Again, like, I'll give you that. I feel like it's pretty standard. I want to get an ass tat. I'm just, I don't know how much I'm going to need to use my ass like on camera? Yes, yeah, like, dude, only one person see my ass. Are you thinking right, about so it for forever, you know what I mean? So, uh I just want to get the word sup. That would be nice. And I want all my bros to do it with me and it's, it's just my favorite word. It always just makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. I love using it and I just 
just want I think we should get sub tats, bros, on our butts. And you you have one too, don't you? I do. I got a cool wrestler tat like around the quad. Oh. So right where if you uh, if you're wearing your singlet, like maybe it'll just kind of be poking out. That's always a cool spot. Is that a wait? So it's it's not a wrestler tat. What's the tattoo of? It's the smirky faced emoji. That's what I thought just it was. I didn't know if you got to cover up. And you know it's facing me. Everyone always gives me grief. It's like, dude, it's upside down. But you know what? Lucy, this tat's not for you. <laughs> it's for me. A reminder of my eternal tat. mischief and youth. Um, Absolutely. Okay, sorry for that tangent. We're oh, yeah. back in Houston. We're suggesting interesting places to eat. So we're in Chinatown, and there's probably a couple of our buddies. I think we were in town for a wedding, or I forgot. Or no, no, it was, uh, it was one of the LSU games, like LSU-BYU or LSU something. They were mm. playing somebody, and uh, it was like the season opener. We go to this place, Mala Szechuan in Chinatown, and everybody's kind of, you know, probably had a little too much to drink the night before. We were, not, not to our fault, it was, you know, somebody else's fault. We were just overserved. You I know see, what I'm saying? I see. And so uh, everybody's kind of deferred to Matthew. Well, Matthew starts, they start pulling out shit where it's like, yeah, it's uh, these are the sautéed frog hearts and the, the rabbit livers. And, dude, it was phenomenal. Ew. It was so good. Oh, dude, pork kidneys in Mala Szechuan. That's where it's at. Oh, that's what it was, pork yeah. Pork kidneys? Kidneys. Oh! Dude, they were like, they were like sliced. And... You would never know. Dude, it was so good. Why? Because it was... Well, I didn't a know. specific... Describe to me, was it a bold frontal taste? Like, what... <laughs> Honestly, it was, it, was, uh, it was a pretty, pretty, probably a couple years back, but... Uh, like, I mean, it was, it was good. good. It was unique and fun and new and different. Yeah, and it was, yeah. Pretty much. And it was just good flavors, you know? Mm. I have just more of an if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. <laughs> and I just have a complicated relationship with food, coming from like a wrestler background who had to lose a bunch and then gain a bunch. And it's just like, I am I kind of have a moral dilemma whenever I'm eating food. It's like, is this going to make me a healthier, better athlete? Or am I just doing this for the taste? And it's like... I'm kind of a jerk to myself. Uh, I don't really allow myself, treat myself to food that much. Maybe I should. But I applaud you guys for your bravery because I do not share it. Yeah, well, you could look like us, so. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, we, uh, we probably could use <laughs> more of that moral huh? dilemma. <laughs> Come on, you guys are as charming as ever, so hush. Positive self-image. Is notice, it, notice how we didn't make any like positive body comments, you know? <laughs> You are what you eat, folks. <laughs> so I'm looking at a couple of frog hearts and chicken livers or whatever the hell is going on. Um, all right, so not not a one pleasant surprise of an odd food pairing. We're, our listeners are going to have to go look it up at seriousfood.com or wherever the Serious themselves. Eats, yeah. But, Serious um, Eats. No, man, I, I, I don't know. There is a there's a Filipino restaurant I took a bunch of people to the other day. It's called CK's Hot Shop. That place is amazing. CK's hot, in New Orleans or in Houston? It's in New Orleans. Um, it's in Central City. The guy who runs it worked for Paul Prudhomme for like forty years. Who's that? Um, the the head chef there. Okay. Um, but apparently, like Paul Prudhomme was in Shanghai. Was no, eating. I mean, who's Paul Prudhomme? Oh, like K Pauls. Um, he's like the really fat New Orleans chef you like, might have seen. I eat Trader Joe's <clears throat> chicken fried rice stir fry four to five nights. Have you ever Dude, used you grew up here. seasonings like the... Uh... I know, but I got a sensitive stomach and a complicated <laughs> relationship with food. Okay? Get off my ass. But he, he has all those lines of seasonings like the chicken magic, the poultry magic, the blackened magic, 
You've seen him. You've seen him. I don't really. I suck at flavor. I'm telling. That's why I'm interested because I'm trying to expand. Okay, okay, maybe. Uh, he's the he's the guy who came up with black and red fish. That's what he's famous for. So is that like maroon fish kind of, or like a? No, it's just red fish that seasoned. <laughs> well, what's, what's what's black times red? It's just darker black. Purple? <laughs> or it's just darker red. I mean, it's like dried blood color, I guess. <laughs> it's appetizing. Well, tell me about this. Mr. Prudhomme spot. Uh, well, I've actually never been, but it's in the quarter. It's they say on... you took a bunch of people there. Well, the the guy he brought from Shanghai is a Filipino cook. Opened up like this Filipino restaurant in Central City. Okay. And it's like very obviously used to be in a corner store, and they still sell like the the twenty four ounce Budweisers and stuff. <laughs> it's a great place. Um, all the stuff is in Filipino, so like if you don't Google it before you order it. You have no idea what you're eating. Oh, God. And uh, I ate there a couple of times before. It's like I brought, um, it's like Keller and a bunch of people, and we ordered a bunch of stuff. But, like, one of the stuff I ordered Shout was... Shout Keller Walsh. I bet he's listening to this. Love you, bud. Yeah, he, he does like his podcast. He definitely likes his podcast. Um, he was on his podcast, actually. I know. It's one Drew. of the episodes I pre-gamed with today. <laughs> yes. He and Drew Ulmer. Did he do better than we're doing? Uh, you know, the microphones were so horrid for that episode. Anybody's going to be better than that. But, of course, a couple of just intellectually curious KAs, like not unlike yourselves, uh, they did a fine job. Fine job. Um, But, yeah, anyway, so, like, I uh, I ordered one of the things is a blood stew. It's really good, but I just don't mm. tell people what they're eating before they eat it. It was one of Caroline's favorite things. So you never know. Sometimes you just have to get tricked. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of what I would think. Blood stew. Made with blood? Yes. Huh. It's blood and organ meat stew. So it's it's hardcore. I'm never eating with you, bud. Sorry. Gee whiz. Um, okay. Well, then I guess... Uh, listeners, if you were expecting, like I was, some interesting <laughs> pairs... Then, uh, then... I'm Press sorry. Pause to and go do something else, a little more insightful. Oh yeah. Um, next up on my in my little notes section was scariest nautical moment, and I'm Ooh. actually going to start with Matthew because yours is probably like battling sea dragons in West Africa or something badass. I'll let you kind of percolate on that. Um, have you have you sailed or have you rowed or have you are you a fisher? I've been on boats. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I've boated before. No, my dad's really big into boats. Um, I haven't had that many scary ones, although I still... You never fallen off? Well, I did... Uh, you ever do, like, go on the river, do, like, rope swing stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I have uh, been on a rope swing one time and one time <laughs> and this only. this was the last time. Yes. I didn't understand the mechanics. Um uh. So, like, I'm getting called a huge pussy because I don't want to go. I'm, like, a little scared, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but I get up there, and the way that a rope swing is supposed to work is you're supposed to jump, like, to the side, you know, so you keep tension in right. the rope, right. and then you swing Kind of the out. only rule of rope swings. Yeah, I don't really... I, it's been a long time since I've done a rope <clears throat> swing, so I kind of forgot the mechanics, to be honest with you. Well, I was unaware, you, so... You don't just jump and then get snapped. Oh, boy. Right. Well, that's that was my method. Mm -hmm. um, it ended poorly. Like, I just jumped right off. And then the rope, like, had a bunch of slack in it, and it just popped, and I fell. You can't hold on, right? <laughs> no, into, like, two feet of water. 
and there's like cypress knees all over the place. So, Oof. are those? Is that what you call the little hoops that come up above uh, Cypress mm-hmm. Street? Cypress knees, Cypress knees, Cypress trees, Cypress knees, Cypress trees. Um, ow. Yeah, I was actually fine, but I could have been paralyzed. Oh yeah, or dead. Been, <laughs> yeah, been there. I uh, when I was like must have been nine or something. I my brother was in the pool and he had a basketball and we had a rope swing. We had a, a pool cover and actually a motorized like wooden platform that would cover the pool and you slip a little button and it goes and it would move back and expose the pool below. It was pretty badass. It was a fan favorite of all the guests that would come to the house. So I was on the pool cover and it was open and exposed and I was swinging off the little rope swing that we had and I decided it would be just a dope kind of Tarzan move to be holding onto the rope with one arm and then catch the basketball midair and then fall into the pool with the other. Not realizing that I, being seven or eight, I didn't have the arm strength to suspend myself with one arm so i run i jump off holding on with one arm and then i just immediately fall and just crack onto the side of the brick and then just kind of roll in Uh, my mom luckily was just walking outside like call for dinner or something and and saw the whole thing was horrified Uh, the entire side of my body was just bruised and um and i don't think i really learned anything from that story but it hurt a lot you had more successful rope swings later on, though. Certainly, there are. You can only really go up after after that one. That was uh, pretty painful. All right, Con, what you got for us, baby? You ever have to like grab a trident off the rack because like the smoke's coming out of the engine room and you gotta go save the princess or something? No, nah, dude. To be honest with you, <clears throat> I feel kind of bad, but yeah, I don't really. Ha- I've been fortunate. Enough Everything to not- works. As yeah, it just like I haven't really had any like super sexy, scary moments. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like just kind of go out there, and for the most part, it kind of everything kind of just goes according to plan. You know, but I guess working this deal, this you know, going to prison every other month and working this job, you kind of. Uh, I guess like when I see shit that goes wrong, it's like. Oh. That, that could be bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you have more of an appreciation for like the things you see on a YouTube video, but uh, or like guys I work with have seen some stuff and have shown me videos, and it's just like glad it wasn't me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But for the most part, dude. I mean, like other than like the occasional big swell, no, there's really nothing. That I've well, seen. yeah, I saw you sent us a Snapchat once of just some big old waves. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. Quakes the boots a little bit, huh? Um, actually, do know because the ship is so steady and you're basically connected to the earth that like you move some but you really don't move that much dude you know so okay so when like you're the, drilling you mean yeah so so the biggest swell that like we i've ever seen is 18 meters and so we, we were straight into it so you kind of just go up and you kind of roll over the bottom of it oh, dude. gives me the jibblies man <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah other than that dude like like i said i guess it just gives you a greater appreciation for the things you see honestly scariest moment i ever had was when i went uh fishing for red snapper and i was pretty hungover and i was just <laughs> vomiting over the side the whole time and i thought i was gonna die that was pretty terrifying <laughs> okay the, an honest answer to the question not quite the direction i was looking for but okay my bad. um do you, do you scuba y'all have to be scuba certified huh no dude no? no not at all are you scuba certified no not at all don't you want to be uh yeah scuba certified would be pretty sweet i mean some guys that i work with are scuba certified and like, uh, a bunch of the guys that I work with are really into free diving, which Whoa. is something that you'd probably be down for. It's I badass. Oh, yeah. It seems sick, 
and that's great for you. I'm just going to watch you do it. Well, I'm sick, so yeah. <laughs> this checks out. Make sure you have a, a GoPro so I can see some footage. Other than that, dude. Dude, but like that, I'm talking like diving down like a hundred feet and spearing fish, and it's cool as hell to watch. But I don't want to do it. Is there something about when you go down really deep, and then as you're coming up, your lungs are actually inflating, which kind of gives you some breath swag back? Because you got to hold your breath for like, I mean, some of these people do. I think the record's like twelve and a half minutes, or even probably more than that. I don't know, dude. So like, you know, you know when you dive into the water and you kind of get that like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm about to die. Yeah. so that's that's got like a it's a phenomenon it's got a name and the guy i work with some he's just like super good looking dude like six five you know he's ripped up doesn't work out i just i just i just dive bro you know what i mean one of those cats and uh he was like yeah dude when you when you get that feeling you've you just gotta stay down there yeah i think <laughs> i think there's there's a, a natural impulse because your your body's obviously like uh let's get some oxygen that we can inhale oh, yeah um, so it starts freaking out, but I think, yeah, like you're saying, you they still teach like... you what you can kind of beat that first impulse. Then you kind of have this reserve tank where your body's like, all right, I guess we're, we're fucked. So like, let's try and navigate as long as we can. So you, yeah, you have to beat that first. Yeah. And he's like, he basically was describing it to me as it's all like a mental game, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, he was saying that when you hit that, your, your blood is still relatively saturated with oxygen, but it's got more CO2 in it. So you just have to train your body how to thrive on CO2, which I guess is cool if you're willing to do that, but I don't know. Different strikes for different folks, I suppose. <laughs> um, that's badass, man. You're not scuba certified, huh? If I can't scuba, what has all this been about? I beg your pardon? <laughs> if I can't scuba, what? what has all this been about? What has all what been about? Life. I, I've got to get scuba certified. Yeah, I would agree. I'm advanced scuba certified. Though, Whoa. Because when we were going through, um, <clears throat> we were backpacking through Southeast Asia. Koh Tao, it's called. You've been to Vietnam? and No, dude. Never really? been. Abigail's been, but I've never been. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can say that. Is that humiliating or no? potentially incriminating? Then we're good. Shout out Abigail. Abs, if you're listening to this, congrats on your first year of Mirage. Thank you. We're getting into that. Don't think you're off the hook on that. Uh, <laughs> love you, girl. You're you're just a gemstone. Um, but Koh Tao is an island off the coast of Thailand, and it's the cheapest place in the whole world to get scuba to do anything. Honestly, what? Thailand is just so cheap. Uh, great spot to go visit because it's expensive to get over there. But once you're there, twenty bucks a day, twenty five bucks a day, you're like living like a beast. So, uh, we got advanced scuba dive certified over there. So we did a night dive. We did, um, the deeper, I think we can go up to like 30 meters or something. That was pretty badass. And then I, um, last year I went scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef, saw a couple sharks, saw a lionfish, which is an alien. Um, and dude, oh, it's so peaceful down there. It's so, I mean, anything that's forcing you to do methodical intent-driven breathing is probably good for you, right? Just rhythmic, kind of calming. So it, you just get to this, because you're supposed to, you know, conserve oxygen as, as best as you can, so you're just... It's so quiet, and you're just kind of gloating. Gloating. Gliding and floating. Gloating. <laughs> yeah, it's a word, right? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I would highly suggest uh, scuba diving for anyone who can. So I've got two questions. What was that night dive like? nuts i would it imagine was, it'd be wild it was like 
like landing like I felt like an astronaut kind of landing on the moon because they give you torches, which sounds cool, but it's a flashlight, right? But I mean, it's the middle of the ocean at night. There ain't no lights except for some of the bioluminescence that happens once you uh, once you get down there, which is kind of sick. Uh, so like there'll be kind of neon, different wackadoo, iridescent flavors of coral and and little fish and stuff, which is pretty badass. But all you can really see is just the other divers and their torch beams and it's like and everything's so quiet and and that's all you can see really so it just feels like you're in outer space and there's just kind of like aliens landing on the moon and, and whatnot it was it was wacky is that kind of eerie dude being down there and like cause oh it, yeah i can't imagine yeah because i mean there's no, dude it's just emptiness exactly it's <laughs> so much blackness and and it's it was very bizarre yeah and then how was the great barrier reef it was, it was, I saw three sharks, dude. That's crazy. Cruising along, kind of freaking out because it had been four years since I had last scuba dove. I can never un- know if it's scuba dived or scuba dove. No one says scuba dove. Maybe just dove. You know what? That's definitely it. I've been, well, no, because I've, I've, I've divin several times. <laughs> 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 anyway, I was just kind of being classic textbook cowboy beef like oh yeah like like i'm sick like whatever i'll do this and yeah, then realizing right. i'm kind of we're speedboating off of the main cruise and the dude's like going through all this stuff and i'm like oh shit i don't really remember how to do anything like, <laughs> all right you ready to go i was like ah! so i kind of spent the first two or three minutes like freaking out because you can descend pretty quick but you're not allowed to come up quickly right like if you start freaking out you have to you have to do a, like a decompression stop at like three meters for like 45 seconds or something, depending on, there's like math you're supposed to be doing. And I just kind of forgot all this stuff. And so I was freaking out. Also, I had a beard, so my, my mask wasn't staying on. So I kept getting water in my mask and that's always just horrible. And so that was pretty terrible. But I eventually kind of got my, my druthers. Is that a thing? Get your druthers? Well, if you say like, if I had my druthers, which means like if, this was like an ideal scenario for me. Okay, so that doesn't apply here. Um, I got my my bearings. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm bearing. I got, yeah, I got that's bearing something. might be. I definitely got something. And, <laughs> um, I kind of like started to to chill, and so we're swimming along and just looking at a bunch of cool stuff. And my diamond instructor goes like this: like he puts five fingers on the top of kind of his forehead, and I was like, "Does it mean dolphin?" Like high five. Like <laughs> what do you want? And then I look up, and there's just. shark it was bigger than i was just kind of cruising by and i looked back just to make sure we weren't gonna die if i should start like praying stuff and he seemed pretty cool so i was like all right i'll just go off of your vibe and um the shark just just gloated past us and and it was so cool oh man it's it's kind of like a horse thing that i later learned um you know what? You, if you're kind of spooky and goo goo ga around horses they'll sense your your frequency and start freaking out it's kind of the same thing with most reef sharks where if you're not like flailing around and freaking out they're just you know just riding the wave dude like they're just part of nature and so are you and your complimentary harmonic energy (laughs) (laughs) so um we saw three different sharks one of them was was kind of spinning rapid circles in like a little underwater cove that was kind of sketchy um but the other two were were very very peaceful very polite courteous sharks uh, and there's something badass about apparently sharks they just waste zero energy like their their movement is perfect as they swim um to just conserve 
mitochondrial output or whatever, but it's it's like it's like a perfect move where they're taking advantage of every you know motion of the wave and stuff. There's some there's a bunch of cool stuff about sharks, obviously, because they're kind of the most badass thing in the ocean. They're pretty dope. Yeah. So scuba dive if you can. I want to say the closest places around here is like Florida or Galveston, probably. How do people? I'm go? sure, dude. They have some pools that you can dive nah, in, in Galveston, which pools. is kind of lame, but yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you're learning, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Alright. Um, last time you cried, Matthew Jamet. Mm. Well, <clears throat> a couple of nights ago, <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of beers, um, and I watched the Office episode where Michael left for good, and that one gets me uh, every time. Dude, every time. It's yeah, been a I long cry for time. joy. I cry for joy when that happens. Yeah, you're not an Michael Office Scott watcher. is finally leaving the goddamn show. That is a horrible take. <laughs> It's terrible, dude. It's an unpopular one, I know. <laughs> I don't understand that at he all. He hurts me. He physically <laughs> pains me to watch. And I understand that's the whole gag. But it just makes me uncomfortable. And when he leaves, I'm I'm rid of his kind of awkward... Oh, he's so... Oh. I mean, I, I say this all the time. I don't know why we always end up talking about this on the show. But, like, Michael Scott, Steve Carell, incredible performer. Like, made the mockumentary genre and the kind of that awkward humor. Like he did that and I respect you and my hat is off, but it's just, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I can understand that. There's a lot of people like that. Dude, yeah. th- there's certain episodes where he, he'll say one thing and it's hilarious and he'll say another and, and it's like hard for you to physically watch it oh, man. happen. It's masterfully done. I will say it's just, they get you and they, oh, they get you. So that was the last time you cried when uh, Mikey Scott, yeah, it's weird. Like, I grew up, I don't know. My dad would always be like, stop crying. I'd be like, stop hitting me. <laughs> but, um, no, like, I, it's like, I won't cry for, like, anything serious in my life. But, like, if I'm watching, like, TV, movies, and I'm by myself, then. Hell yeah. yeah. No, the last time I did was Entourage season finale. Ari gets his, his family back. Oh, got me good. I just, I just did. I just finished, actually, just a, an addict-level binge of the entire series of Entourage. Uh, you're a big Entourage guy, right? You I was, were? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Abigail's rewatching right now. Really? Yeah, I'm still catching up on Game of Thrones, so it might be the next play. Thrones is nuts. And Entourage, I'm always surprised when girls like Entourage. Don't you think it's just such a dude show? Yeah, it is in, in certain respects, but isn't it also just about living the life and kind of hanging out and... Getting drunk and, you know, doing cool shit, buying Ferraris for your buddies because it's his birthday. Yeah. You know, it'd be pretty pretty awesome. I mean. Dude, that's like life porn for me. <laughs> that, I think that's why I'm so drawn to it. It's like, that's what I, I mean, it's the ultimate male fantasy, right? You're just with your best friends all the time. You got millions of dollars and there's just, oh, there's a cool word. I don't want to say numerous. What's a cool word for like a lot? There is multitudinous babes just the most gorgeous honeys around at all times come on it's like it's the coolest thing ever right oh yeah but i think for me it's it's just listening to drama and Ollie <laughs> just say ridiculous shit after ridiculous thing you know what i mean so so yeah, who's your the best character who's your third favorite character because the top two some of the best characters on television i mean Absolutely. who the hell am i but like i just johnny drama makes me laugh just hit the his right the writing for his dialogue and and the way he just 
nails that character. He's so spectacular. It kills me. Ari is just one of the most likable. Even though he's such a jerk, he, you're just you love him. You love him. So third favorite character. Who is uh, who would you say? I'll go first if you want me to, but I might steal yours. And you, but you can. Are we doing like a? Like, uh, like snake drafting, or are we? <laughs> Let's, uh... Or just, can we go with the same character? Yes. If like... you prefer, we can all wait until 10 seconds and then say at the same time. That might be kind of fun. Or I can just go first while you guys are thinking of yours. Doesn't matter to me. I've kind of got one. Mine might be a mixed opinion, though. Do you have yours? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm pressured to go unconventional. Five, four, three, two, one. Turtles. Billy Walsh. Shana? Uh, Billy <laughs> She's pretty funny, man. Dude, Shauna, Shauna is, is pretty funny. sensational. No, I absolutely love Shauna. Would you shut up, you and you? What uh, What brings you to to her? Because she's, I mean, she's in a bunch of other things. She's a a great actress. Yeah, no, I don't know. She's just funny. Like per per minute of the show, she has right. a lot of great a lot of great lines. For real, for real. I'm trying to think of some good Shauna quotes. Um, it means she, you're far from a. A seventeen-year-old's wet dream drama. <laughs> <laughs> See that—that's when I love Shauna when she's just ripping on she's drama the whole time. Vicious. One more. Come on, we gotta have another Shauna quote. I don't know. It'll come to me. What you said, turtle? I said turtle. Tur- I mean, come on, he's great. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's most people's third favorite, but to no me, way. he's an inspirational character. I mean, he's like <laughs> he. It's as if I've had a really, it it would be as though I had a really famous friend and I'm just somebody who like has a lot of hobbies, not mm-hmm. really great at any one or the other, right. but I just get to do cool shit all the time and, you know, get to hang out with this dude and it's pretty, pretty fun. Just I was get connecting all the trickle with down. This, this go around, I was definitely connecting with Turtle because he's trying to make a name for himself, you know, with his own druthers and he was, um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was just going for it and I, I, I vibed with him. Uh, Kevin Conley, E. He's such a little, just a little. Dude, he's like a he's a, he's a he can be like kind of a nerd sometimes. Yeah, he's such a little dweeb. Like, yeah. Cool. I mean, bless him. But what, what's weird is I liked him a lot in the first go round of the show because I was like, oh, this is a guy who has like his head on his shoulders. Right. And you rewatch it, and you're kind of like, actually, this dude was fucking up like the entire time. <laughs> right. It's kind of like <laughs> Arrested Development. You think Michael is like the level-headed guy, and then you're oh, like, you if you actually think about it, he fucks everything up. That's the some of the brilliance of Arrested Development is definitely in your first go-round, you're empathizing with Michael so much, but he's he's every bit a part of that family, right? Like, he's, he's kind of manipulative and, and whatnot. Yeah, he just has a sure. false sense of superiority. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, Billy Walsh. So just passionate and like angry and he gets the Medellin tattoo that's bar on his back and then he comes back in the final season and he's like a, an ordained minister with four children and uh, I just I loved him I loved him I just loved him um, I now that you're talking about all that I don't think I've ever finished this series now that I think about it I don't remember that at all I certainly haven't seen the movie but yeah I don't think I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever finished that series could, now at what point did you stop <clears throat> Uh, before what episode that episode did you see where you're like alright I'm over this because so, every time it's like Max go to bed it's 4am like we can pick this back up tomorrow but I remember Ari in 
Italy with his wife, mm. and he gets a call from e That's the final gets, one. Yeah, and he, like, I remember them, like, they're playing Going to California by Led Zeppelin, and it's a cool ending to that whole series. But I have no recollection of Billy Walsh having, being an hmm. ordained minister and four kids. Like, can't tell you what... I'm very fresh. Like, I just... Oh, so you just finished it. Uh, yesterday. What I find ironic about that show is that the worst actor on that whole show is Adrian Grenier or Griner or whatever. Grenier, right. So that's an interesting point that I, I do like <sighs> I to discuss. Uh, people say it's like, was he intentionally being a bad actor? Was he just a bad actor? Like, was he playing a bad actor? I don't know, probably not. Oh, and was he a bad actor? And what do you mean by that? So, I would like to flip this back to you as somebody who's in that realm. Classic do you ever do you ever <laughs> deliberately play a bad actor? Who does that? Well, wasn't that the role? I mean, technically, as it's as it's written, he's. I mean, it's kind of confusing, but it's like you're a movie star. You're not a great actor, but you're 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 a star. You're one of those kind of guys. I mean, the role was for him to, at least in the beginning, not be a good actor. So, like, if you're playing someone who's not a good actor, do you intentionally try and be a little less emotive? I mean, we were talking about this with Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. It's like, well, wouldn't you, like, so they, they always do, like, a couple scenes in, in a season where he's in some new movie and they show clips of the movie. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you try and be a bad actor in those scenes if you're that's the role? And then you, when he's with his boys and hanging out and doing all that stuff, he's still a bad actor. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think so? Well, what do you mean by, by he's a bad actor? So, like, I just, I just, I just don't think he's a good actor. Like, I, I don't. So he's don't a, use the word in the definition. Okay, uh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know, dude. I just he he comes across as like inauthentic to me sometimes. But I don't necessarily think that like you have to be a great actor for it to be like a good show or an entertaining show. Hmm. Like Jerry Seinfeld was the worst actor on Seinfeld, hmm. but it was still funny as fuck, at least in my humble opinion. Uh, well, I think there are couple million people who <laughs> agree with you um one thing i, I love about Andrew, adrian grenier's performance is his eye contact he he's he's and of course i'm as an actor who has watched it so many times now i'm kind of just picking apart and trying to learn as much as i can from it i i will say he he's definitely not you don't come away from the show saying oh like this was so good vince's life was super cool and like he was like god that was so cool life porn wise but and he just banged so many hot chicks. But uh, one thing he does great is it's just ah, like he's just not blinking, and he's looking his scene partners like dead in the eyes. Okay, see that's the that's type of shit of his I, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's great. <clears throat> it's a, a strong performer is is just boom. It's just dialed in. If you see, like you can always tell people, I'll be right there, big boy. You better stop screaming though. Uh, when people are just blinking a lot, that kind of brings you out of it. That distracts you a little bit. You don't really want to be doing that. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Got a couple of beer drinkers in here. Oh, you want me to pass it to you? Yeah, if you could pass it over to me. Um, an actor's job is to make you believe, make you care. If you're ever kind of find yourself zoning out a little bit when it's a scene about him, that's not a good sign. Um, I don't know. I love... Well, you never find yourself zoning out when it's a scene about him because... Every scene with him is he's got some badass cool actor on. in there. Yeah, he's got uh, Dennis Hopper trying to get him to gamble on soccer games. You know, right, like, how right. dope is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I forget putting this dog in his goddamn kennel. 
But, Connor, you have to talk about the last time you cried. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Ooh, last time I cried. Make it cool, too. Uh, again, not that sexy, but I was... So, whenever I fly to Egypt, dude, I... Uh, it's like having these Sunday scaries, but they last from the Tuesday that I leave. So, they'll probably start tomorrow, and then they continue until I arrive on the rig, and it's kind of just depressing. But uh, I watched some movie on the plane from Houston to Frankfurt... And I can't even remember what it was, dude. It it might have been some. It was it was something not, you know, tear evoking. It might have been like twelve strong or something. And I, I was kind of depressed and kind of in in, in like a feeling bad for myself. Move and I, just, <laughs> okay. I, I shed a tear, dude. You know what I mean? And what was this for? Sorry. Uh, the movie Twelve Strong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never never seen this. I've never even heard about it. Dude, it's that. Uh, said super good looking dude uh his brother is married to uh Miley Cyrus Liam Neeson Chris or not Liam Neeson Liam Hemsworth <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and Chris Hemsworth <clears throat> it was one of, about him yeah it's like okay. one of the other it's like they rode horses it's kind of the beginning of the and it just got Iraq you. Afghanistan well it's kind of the situation no the movie I don't know if the movie got me or if it was a situation, but she's like, I am. You say he was hungover? Is that what he said? No, dude. I was I was on my way to Egypt to go back to work, and I was just so depressed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, I'm in a a real vulnerable state in in that moment, you know? So, anything will get me, dude. Because you're facing two weeks of? Four weeks, 12 hours a day, every day. What do you, like... Talk to me about your your de- like your off time over there, like like off time on the rig. Yeah, like what? Cause you're just so isolated. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. So are you just like reading a bunch? You just some dude. It depends. Whacking it a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> just... Um. Yeah, dude. So I I spend a ma- <laughs> I spend a majority of my time off sleeping. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, um, cause like I said, I do basically manual labor. But uh, yeah, dude. It just depends if there's. There's a guy who uploads movies that I work with, so we have this uh, kind of internal streaming deal, so mm. sometimes we'll get new movies, we'll get new TV shows, and I'll catch up on stuff like that. Like, I'll, you've inspired me, I'll probably watch Entourage when we when I go back. Do it. It's so, because so it's, cause it's just easy, and uh, just trying to do shit that's, like, easy and mindless, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, to be honest with you, like, um, yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I flew with an Xbox last time, and I have... Uh, NCA no 2014. Shame, so I'm like three years. Yeah, I'm like three years into a dynasty. And I'm making moves. <laughs> it's like I'm. Uh, it's like I'm 12 again. Playing with like Philip Rivers. Like I don't even like <laughs> like the studs from 2014. I don't even know, dude. Yeah, it's like, uh, like Reggie Bush. Denard Robinson's on the cover. <laughs> uh, Damn, yeah, like, he I mean, didn't really pan out, huh? Mobile quarterbacks, I guess. They don't have a spot. In yeah, the what NFL. was his role, dude? He got drafted by the Jaguars, things or I think, right? He was kind of a scat back, like H back or whatever. I don't really know, but God bless mobile quarterbacks. What a dynamic, exciting position to watch. Oh yeah, hell yeah, dude. Mike Vick. Have you ever seen that Football Life? I made Abigail watch it this this time home because when I get back, dude, it's like I fall asleep at seven and I'm up at two thirty in the morning, and then I fall asleep at six a.m. and I sleep till two in the afternoon you know damn so uh i woke up and a football life by mike vick was on so I, i'm not was, familiar with that what it's a documentary about <clears throat> him yes. before he did all the well no no so so football life's uh it's a show but it's about a different 
athlete each time. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they it it'll be just one hour long deal, and mm-hmm. they'll go through his life. And if the athlete's still alive, rest in peace, Sean Taylor, which is another great one. Um, you kind of listen to them. You listen to their wives talk, their girlfriends, their family members, their coaches, and kind of watch just dope highlights. So, I mean, I hated Mike Vick as a Saints fan growing up, but dude, he was but bad you, ice. Yeah, you. It's kind of like a Cam Newton style where it's like, <clears throat> but whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like so frustrating to watch when he's in your division. If he's not in your division, you don't play him that often. It's like, dude, this dude's sick. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did they cover like his incarceration? Yeah, yeah. So they, so they went over all that. And they, they kind of like, it's it's every year of his career, you know what I mean? So he hmm. played for, I didn't realize he played for like. Four years after that, I think he was with the Eagles for back, a couple yeah. years and the Steelers for a year. Is it Steelers, what? Yeah, he's backup for Big Ben, and Big Ben, you know, hurt his ankle, put the walking boot on, and and uh, did, you know, played a couple games for them. And I don't know who else he played for. Damn. Yeah, he was just an athlete, man. Oh, yeah. he, and he would just look so cool when he was running, and then would just sling it with that kind of, like, just bicep throw of his yeah like lefty fling dude yes so pretty i like um i love not that it's pretty but brett Favre's throwing motion where he's just like slinging it as hard as he can just like ripping his shoulder as he does it i thought that's one of my favorite throwing motions it's just like backyard kind of sloppy looking throw but he just hucks it yeah, he's just a country boy rope yeah flinging that thing dude i watched the game where he broke a dude's hand yeah who, Brett Favre? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, you gotta realize, he played in Green Bay for all those years, and, all, and played playoff football in Green Bay. Because they were good, dude. The top of the Brett NFC. Favre is... And slinging the ball, like, 64 miles an hour over a 20-yard span. It's the equivalent to, like, a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Jeez. <laughs> like... Colin Kaepernick, say what you will, but his throws were so hard. I know he would, he would break people's fingers. Because uh, he was a baseball pitcher, I think. I don't know. He's yeah. just an athlete. Yeah. I would love sure. to see him. This might not be a popular opinion. I would love to see him back in the league. Just because he's just playing. I'd love fun to, to watch him fun play. To watch. Yeah. yeah. For real. He's kind of got that like escaped mental patient run that he's got where he's like <laughs> flails about. <laughs> I was know? just going to say. <laughs> like his, his legs are going one way, his arms are going another, and he just slings the ball, dude. Right guy of... has the best Colin Kaepernick impression like, <laughs> of a scramble. He just picks his knees up like to his ears as he's like running around. Super fun. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Um, LSU Greek Life, I wanted to. We're all recent-ish members of uh, that. You guys got any thoughts on the kind of the downward trend of of Greek Life? Any any lamenting of, of the whole process? Or maybe kind of like myself, you're realizing maybe it's kind of dumb to give a bunch of idiots that much money and freedom like they're just so young like giving a bunch of 19 to 21 22 year olds like a mansion and like $20,000 social budget to do whatever you want with and it's like maybe it's kind of dumb like it's really fun if you're there and good for you if you can enjoy it but like from the outside maybe as I get older I'm realizing like we were pretty lucky and that was kind of dumb yeah, I mean, definitely a bunch of funny, stupid shit happened. I'm like, so much it was fun. a good time. Yeah. Um, it almost seemed inevitable, though. It's like you have, it's like with the national media and Twitter and like all of that stuff. It's like, you know, you're picking it up from all over the country. So like if LSU had a kid die, which they did, 
um, a couple years ago. Yeah, a couple, yeah. Um, which I mean, that story is super fucked up, obviously. But um, what he was being like forced to chug <clears throat> vodka or something. Yeah, like I don't. Well, I don't really know, but like the story that I heard was like he basically it's like got kicked out of the pledge class, and then like his mom called and complained, and then they let him back in. And then they, like, haze him by making him, like, drink Everclear. And he just got alcohol poisoning and died. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, you can't have that happening. And then, like, you know, with the national media, if you see, like, things like that happen all over the country, even though they don't happen that often at any one school, it's, like, collectively you're going to get a bad enough. Like, the PR is just too bad. Right. Yeah. And not not to overshadow, like, people actually dying, but, like... Yeah, you see a bunch of stupid shit. Like, this is Ohio guys that, like, had the racist chant on the bus. That was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. It was one of those O places. Yeah, it's one, one of the yeah, They're pretty close. Same thing. Um, I didn't hear about that, but they, they were just screaming a bunch of... It was, it was actually... like a dedicated chant that, like, I mean, the N-word was used in. Oh and, like, they were filming it on their phones because people today... And people, you gotta assume yeah. everything. Is... Yeah, blast it on Instagram and or something like that, and the kid obviously got torched. But yeah. by the end of this podcast, none of us will be able to run for <laughs> office. Oh yeah, I think I'm long. Unless there's kind of a pendulum swing back towards, and there probably won't be, but just like authenticity and like real people becoming politicians and like trying to do it because it's just like. I don't know, man. You so never much know. That seems like so much BS, and it's like, wouldn't it be kind of comforting to to see someone who is just raw and honest, and like, isn't just covering up all the scandals that are eventually going to jump out and all this nonsense? It's just like embracing their human imperfection and just being like, "Look, this is who I am. Like, of course, I'm not perfect, but let's try and make this place a little bit better." Well, I mean, George Bush and Barack Obama admitted to doing drugs and stuff before they like were present kind of barack obama admitted like smoking weed instead of george which i mean most people have right i hope so Uh, i mean it got less (laughs) it got less taboo over time but barack obama talked about doing coke oh and it was widely known that george w bush was doing coke (laughs) but like he was recovered so it's like oh i said i was sorry (laughs) like i've turned my life around (laughs) i'm reformed what like what should you what do you say that should preclude you from being to run for public office? Yeah. I mean, I guess ultimately it's like the public that decides, but like if you're asking me, like, yeah, outrageously like racist stuff or sexist stuff. Like mean spirited like, things. Right, sure. Yeah. I mean if you come across as a douchebag, obviously, like you probably don't want that person to be an elected politician. No douches in office. <laughs> You'd <laughs> hope not. Although that's policy. the problem is you you know you navigate so much stuff. Like, there are a bunch of people in office that are, like, obvious douchebags. Not to offend anybody, but I just feel like the people who run for office are just generally kind of lame. It's like the... It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, I mean, it's like the really, like, student council kind of <laughs> Well, I, I guess the, the, the flip side <laughs> of that is the people that get the most attention are usually the lamest people. Like, yeah. everybody in the country knows who Ted Cruz is because he's a fucking loser. But, like, <laughs> there are plenty of senators and, like, congressmen, like, doing work relatively quietly. Right. Fair. Fair. You were about to say something? Well, yeah, I just feel like people who go into 
politics, like deliberately wanting to be a politician, mm-hmm. there's something, there's got to be something off where it's like, yeah, I just want to be a people pleaser for forever, you know? Don't really yeah. have my own opinions. I mean, that's my opinion. That's it. I'm not saying that, like, every politician's a, of course, of course. a neither, lame neither dude, but yeah, people who are like, I'm going to school. I want to be a poli sci major, not not to knock poli sci majors, but uh, it's like, and I want to do it so I can be a politician with my life. It's like, good for you, dude. I mean, hey, make a difference. But I think that's kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my opinion. Politics is lame. Politicians are lame. <laughs> Which I generally, dude. No, I'm, I kind of agree. I no. generally, as a rule of thumb for my life try and deliberately stay as uninformed as i possibly can interesting <laughs> yeah so I, I i don't know shit about shit but uh but yeah it's my opinion yeah i don't really know dick about tits either <laughs> um and it's it's kind of cause i want to be a moral like i want to be a, i guess a leader in a sense I, I want to be a an admirable good guy and and look out for the welfare of my surrounding tribesmen but I don't know. It, it's all the like news and it just makes me not want to turn on all those kind of media. Yeah, dude. I uh, the cool thing about my job, but it's also kind of a detriment, is that I uh, I have like no social media presence. And, and if I do, I'm a yeah. Little... You have very little social media. Oh my gosh, dude. It's a it's like it's it's becoming a detriment. You know that I don't do anything. I'm a lurker. I lurk pretty hard on like. <laughs> Reddit and Instagram, where it basically means that I look at a bunch of shit, all kinds of shit, but I don't post you or don't create content, voice yourself. my own opinion. Yeah, and that's mainly like a self conscious thing. It's just like I think people, whatever I say, I'm just gonna get roasted because people think it's gonna be stupid. <laughs> it is a weird phenomenon. I mean, the whole social media thing. People say mostly bad things about it, right? I mean, it's a cool way to connect and whatnot, but there's a lot of ego stroking and kind of needless garbage that people post and i don't know we live in wacky times this will be the most that i'm out there by yeah. far yeah yeah this will, dragon this will be up there for me for sure it's good we'll talk to some real guys then. <laughs> um so i don't even really know like how popular a lot of things are like how much they work but uh i went to trivia with like maggie stewart the other day and I got an answer to a question right. Like, I took a picture with a pitcher of beer. and A pitcher with a pitcher? Yes. And um, it was like, the question I got right was a question about Pornhub, admittedly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well-versed. So, what, was, what was the question? Look, it was no big deal. It was just like, list all the Pornhub categories in alphabetical order. No misspellings. <laughs> Wait, nope. minus what? Yeah. No, no misspellings. Oh, no misspellings. I, I thought said you said... Minus smellings. <laughs> I thought you said a... Uh... Never mind. Go on. <laughs> it sounded eerily like... Uh... Never mind. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But either way, I was like, I don't... And that wasn't the question, by the a- way. Anal... Anal stiffings? A- what were you saying? You're driving me nuts. No, uh, this the way he pronounced misspelling sounded like it's terrible. Oh, he just handed me a pickle. It's terrible, dude. Pickles, I hate pickled stuff. I never would have drank that. If you told us pickles. <laughs> it tastes like tartar sauce. Ew, is what ew, it tastes ew, like. It's terrible. Why do you exist? 
Ugh, just like so salty and bitter and horrible. Why do people pickle stuff? Ugh. God. All right. Anyway. But yeah, either way. So like Pornhub categories. Right. Porn <laughs> no, that, that, that was a joke. Like the actual question was different, but yeah, I was just okay. like, oh, she took What it. was the actual question? The actual question was how many times like everybody had to estimate, like each group had to throw an estimate and they were like, how many searches are done on Pornhub every year? Uh, what, 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 do y'all, what do y'all have? Trillions, if not quadrillions. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I don't really indulge in that, <laughs> Man, in that activity. Ma- Matthew's like, I did eight of them today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only allowed porn once a week. It's one of my New Year's resolutions. That's good for you, man. No more than once a week of pornography. But you know what? Every Tuesday night, treat yourself a little bit. You deserve it. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll just... You guess, tr- you're going to guess between trillions and quadrillions? It's, it's got to be astronomical. Dude. I'm going to say it's 69 billion. Not bad. And that we would have been almost... Equally far apart, well, not quite, but like it was thirty-six billion okay. a year. That's oh, nine hundred thousand a second. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, but I guess fifteen billion. So it wasn't even that close. But it was funny. Like Maggie took that picture, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's like a Snapchat story." So probably like twelve people saw that. She put it on Instagram. Oh no. Yeah. She'll probably get. <laughs> and I was talking to a group of people, and I was telling them the story, and everybody at the table was like, "Oh yeah, we totally saw that." <laughs> Uh, if you only have twelve, it's 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 probably closer to one hundred twenty or one hundred fifty or two hundred. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm not super Snapchat worried about it, but it's just funny. You're like a sex offender or something. I don't, you're like a weirdo, dude. Likes are pretty much the new currency. You know what I mean? You see these you see these girls post these pictures that get four thousand likes. You know, girls that we know, it's like three fifty, four fifty, but it's insane to me. It is pretty nuts. And what does that do to her <laughs> feet? Like. Self worth because what's going to get the most likes on Instagram? Dope booty pic, right? And then we're just kind of reinforcing this kind of vanity paradigm, and that's probably not good. But I feel like that would make me less likely to click like if people could see it. I would like it, but I keep it to myself. (laughs) You would just like it without putting it out there. Right, like, and what I'm advertising to people that I that I like that shit. Well, eventually that's what happens, right? Instagram kind of caters to you. I'm pretty new to the whole Instagram thing, so it's like your likes. It's almost like on Pandora, the music you like, the music you dislike. You start seeing things in that same genre, right? Well, you pick your what you're following, so you're totally curating your feed. Oh, dude. I didn't even set my own Instagram up. Abigail did that. Maybe they switch your advertisements based on stuff. I heard a really interesting sentence, I guess, the other day. It's like, people on social media, Facebook people, they're not the consumers. They're the product, which is kind of wacky because there's just all sorts of data mining going on and and people are kind of just hacking your life and, and figuring out, Facebook is figuring out how to get you in front of advertisers so like facebook and advertisers are are using you as the product to kind of negotiate and, and drive traffic and stuff and it's kind of it's a little hairy does like ad block not work on facebook ad block yeah you don't have that like on google chrome or like you block it just blocks all the ads i don't know i don't think you can you can do you can the do reason facebook's your... free is because it's, it's <clears throat> paid for by advertising right? right but this is like a you know it's like a chrome extension and it just blocks all the ads so you see like a fuzzy box 
Yeah, or like nothing. it's not like Facebook pops up ads. It's just while you're scrolling. Right. Yeah. You don't. There's just like content. nothing there. Huh. And oftentimes websites nowadays are be like, like Serious Eats, for example. They'll be like, "Hey, green list us." Like we, you know, that they have like where their ads would show up. Something pops mm-hmm. up that's like, "We see you're using block, an block, ad block, blocker. Block, 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 Please look at our ads so we can make money." Basically, but huh. yeah, no, you don't see them. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, there's something kind of gross about ad video comes up. I'm immediately like, no, like, I don't want to be subjected to this brain wave nonsense. Um, to be honest, I kind of want to touch back on 900,000 <laughs> searches on Pornhub per second. That's, well, that's what the trivia guy said, but yes. <laughs> and that's just one pornographic website of which there are. So What's many. another word for countless, of which there are... Numerous. Innumerable. <laughs> innumerable is a great one. I think that's what I was trying to get at before numerous. Okay. Of which there are oodles. 900,000 searches per second? Like, are we just so obsessed with sex and... and, and I mean, obviously, we mu- as a species, we must be like, that is such an impetus to just watch people bone it. That just boggles my mind. Well, so I saw, I think the statistics that I saw were like 85% of U.S. men and 68% of U.S. women have like watched porn at least, internet porn at least one time in the last month. Wow. It's a fair amount of that. <laughs> and the rest of people like don't have internet, I guess. Right. <laughs> live in like Kentucky and stuff. Um, That is mind boggling. <laughs> Per se, 900,000 per se. Anyway, wacky, wacky. So, I'm going to use that as a nice segue into congratulations on your first year of marriage. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, yeah, made it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think, you know, you haven't beaten the odds. I think first year of marriage is generally reached. Yeah. Do you know when, like, is it like, at what point, what's the tipping point of, and I, I hate to start off the conversation like I was this, say, you when know, do marriages I, usually fail? Yeah, you know, I haven't looked up that stat. Good, don't. Um, and I don't want to promulgate this. Yeah, but it's also you predicated upon the fact that I'm here every other month. You know what I mean? So You think that helps or you think that harms? Uh, it just dep- depends on the month, man. Long distance. <laughs> depends on the month. Long distance is, is tricky, and I applaud you for, for working through it so so effortlessly. Oh, we got a, a stat. Eight years. Eight years for the first years. for a first marriage. For your first marriage. What's it for your second marriage? Well, no. Wait, what is that? The the average marriage lasts eight years. First marriage. The average first marriage lasts eight years. Oh my, that's that's kind of scary. But um, any kind of advice or lessons learned, or can, can you kind of conceptualize anything that's like, look, boys, do this or think about this because you probably didn't anticipate that that kind of stuff. Um, not, I mean, like, dude, it, you know, every relationship's different, right? So it's, whatever yeah. works for you works for, um, But is your marriage yeah. relationship different than your pre-marriage, pre-nuptial? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> relationship? Absolutely. It's like now, oh. <clears throat> you know, now Big I can... Boy time. Well, we didn't, we didn't ever, like, live together before. Mm-hmm. In fact, dude, for the first three months of our marriage, we didn't even live in the same city, you know what I mean? So, wow. um... So yeah, it's totally different. It's it's sweet, dude. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, whatever works for you is gonna work for you. you and know anything what I mean? to keep in mind, like 
So with Ab- Maybe dude, you didn't think of. Abigail's pretty easy, so it's um honestly big thing. Keep her fed. She gets hangry, dog. Um I think that's definitely topical for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Just keep her fed. Um she doesn't eat a whole bunch, but if you just put it out there, she'll nibble and she'll pick. People just love food. Yeah, dude. It's just easy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um That's a good one. Other than that, man, like yeah, it, it is different because like now it's like Back in the day, it used to be, oh, Abigail's in town for the week, so I'm kind of just, I'm out, can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of balancing that, oh, well, people are getting together on Wednesday, it's like, we had kind of something planned, so I can't really do that, or kind of like, you, you have to plan more, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to, but I inevitably end up doing that. Do you kind of still try and... and schedule little romantic pursuits and whatnot with her just to do you do you actively try and make sure that y'all's romance is continuing that kind of thing oh yeah for sure but i mean uh inevitably what ends up happening except for our one-year anniversary dude it's like what do you want to do we're kind of planning dinner so i leave this sunday and uh, uh so we're going to dinner we're gonna go to a nice dinner on friday night but it was our one year on Sunday. It's like kind of, and all of our my in laws were in town, so we kind of actually got kicked out of our house this weekend. Just so everybody could stay. Her older sister's pregnant, and this and the other. Um, so they need a place to sleep. And we live in a two bedroom shotgun double. It's not like a ton of space, you know. Right. But it was still fun. It was nice. And uh, so like, dude, yesterday for our one year, we went out to the fly for a little bit, took naps, and ended up popping a bottle of wine, eating our wedding cake for a little bit and then crush oh, that's a thing right yeah it's a thing you but freeze one piece or something so shout out Keller Walsh again he was kind of he was getting me note up yesterday where he was like you have to eat it at the one year mark otherwise it can give you pretty pretty serious food poisoning and this that and the other so huh. there's definitely stuff to kind of research and look out for of course I did none of which you know so yeah we ate a little bit of our wedding cake and uh, drank a bottle of wine and crushed thrones from 3 to 11.30 last night, so pretty Whoa. pretty wild stuff, folks. 3 to 11.30? Oh, dude. Did, like, a whole season. That's a binge, man. Which Hell season yeah. did you do? So I'm 6 into 7 right now. Oh, my. So Damn. I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of getting caught up, so, I mean, no spoilers, but Arya's now back. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, but, like, Arya's back uh, in Winterfell. John Stark's taking Winterfell. John Stark. Yeah, so the red, like the red chick. Who the hell's John? You mean John? Snow? Yeah, whatever, John Snow, dude. John He's like a Stark now, though, right? I mean, he was raised House Stark, but no one ever calls him John Stark. Whatever, dude. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm getting back into it. So, interestingly enough, you guys kind of hit a casual default. Look, let's not even do anything wacky or that outlyingly special. Let's yeah. just love each other and and do something. We just let's just melt into some comfortable. Kind Absolutely, which fun? which that is kind of our like, that Mantra. is kind of our yeah our Theme. romantic default as lame as that sounds, but I love it, dude. Where it's like on our honeymoon we went to San Francisco and we kind of chill out and did things, but poor Abigail got sick as a dog on our wedding night, and then she was sick up until like basically the second two or three days before we left our honeymoon. You're the second person who's told me that this week that just the honeymoon was just nothing but just chilling, dude. Nausea. Like, oh yeah. Well, I mean true. like physical. Disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And of course, we're in California. Shout out California. It's awesome. Great town. But it's like, went to go to the CVS and was like, look, I just need some Motrin or this, that, and the other, you know, just stuff to knock fever down and kind of plan B's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, general stuff. <laughs> but like quell some nausea and shit like that, and like and sinus stuff, and so like like yeah, we don't really have any mucinex, but uh, we've got these aromatic herbs where if you boil <laughs> a pot of water and you, it's like so you have tea, and it's like no no no, you just inhale the the steam. It's just a vibe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? So of course there's a picture that I took where that's that's what I brought back, and Abigail's like. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> she didn't quite say that, but I was like, this is what I've got. This is what they had. Make it work. So, yeah, she's got like a towel over her head, like old school style. Bless her. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it was fun, man. So that's kind of... Just hang out, That's dude. marriage? Have a good time, you? dude. Yeah. What about you, Jamen? Do you have any insight on marriage from the outside? <laughs> <laughs> never, uh, never go to bed angry. Always works for me. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. I... I normally can't. I I could go to bed pretty much at any time of the day, um, but if there's a if there's a looming fight, I'm rarely allowed to go to bed. How can you sleep when when we're not okay? <laughs> it's like all right, because dude, I mean, I just highly really prioritize the importance of rest, and I guess I'm pretty emotionally controlled, so I can just be like, all right, we'll, we'll put a pin in this and. Just, but uh, I'm rarely allowed to do so. Uh, but that's that's wise advice. Any, anything else? You were continuing. I think I interrupted you. Oh no, that that was it. That's all you got. Mm-hmm. Don't go to bed angry. It's a good one. It's a good advice. My parents say the same thing. Yeah, well, I think it's you know it's just great. You keep that one in your back pocket. You <laughs> yeah. always break it out. You never it's really have to say it. Yeah. Interesting. What a what a world we live in. Um, speaking of family. That's, oh, that's exactly what I had next. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you have y'all any funny family rules? And I'll give you an example. Fisk family rule number one. When in doubt, turn right. It's just, like, it's just like canon of like, if you're, just, if you're at a crossroads and you don't know which way to go, you just always go right. Like a moral? No, no, no. Like a literal <laughs> like, turn. Like, where do we go? It's just in my blood. I've just been taught to just always pick right. If you don't know which one, just pick one. And then maybe the utility of this lesson is indecision kind of kills, right? Like, that's never, like, what's always better is, is someone who, even if, like, often wrong, but never in doubt, kind of. That's, oh, yeah. So that's another, like, mantra of, all, of our family. But um, I was going to ask if y'all have any kind of quirky, fun, like, rules that you were taught by your parents and that kind of your family <clears throat> echoes um I don't know I'd say the weirdest thing is like my mom like would like a mafia code of silence about anything that happens in our family <laughs> even when nobody in the world could possibly give a shit about what's happening she'd be like and don't tell anybody I'm like A who the fuck am I gonna <laughs> tell <laughs> B, yeah. Like, yeah and one one time so okay so my uncle had a cyst on his optical nerve. Oof. Not a common medical condition, right? We have well, like it depends on who you ask. I, okay. <laughs> but like my what like our family friend had like the same exact thing and like went to MD Anderson and got treated and like knew all the people and like this weird you know, this weird ailment or whatever. She's like, don't tell anybody. And it's like, well I'm gonna tell him because he probably has some important shit notes. to say. And she yeah. was like, don't do it. So huh. I just completely ignore that. Hmm. So and you learn by by going against your parents. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I, it's just a little ridiculous. I'm like, it's like, what are people going to be talking behind him, behind his back? Like, did you hear he had a cyst on his optical nerve? Ew. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of a difference generationally. The older ones are a little more conservatively, like, protective, secretive, and less open, maybe. And uh, maybe the newer generations are a little too, a little too open, kind of just blab and everything i mean like we were saying social media it's like people are just typing typing posting posting creating and all this stuff and it's like maybe it's on the other end of the spectrum of useful i don't know maybe although i gotta be honest like i'd much rather like have somebody who's willing to talk like it's like i have this one friend um and he's like uh it's like kind of a close friend but one of the reasons i think he's cool is like you know I don't know him that well, but as soon as you start talking to him, he'll, like, bring up, like, heavy relationship problems. Like, it's not, like, bullshit small talk. You get to dive in immediately. So I applaud that because I think small talk, it kills my soul these days. I I have almost no patience for it anymore. And I would almost rather, like, we're standing at a party instead of, oh, what do you do? God, that's that's my least favorite question in the whole universe. Apparently in Spain, it's, like, rude to ask people, like, about their jobs, like, kind of quickly. Sounds like heaven. Uh, <laughs> Spanish heaven. Um, I would almost prefer, hey, complete stranger, like, do you believe in God? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then just yeah. kind of actually learn and mutually benefit instead of doing this kind of, this silly dance of, oh, yeah, I just hate, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, yeah, it's not great. Like... I don't know. It's it is always like I feel like you probably get to have a lot of interesting conversations just by virtue of this format. Certainly, that's one of the points of this forum. Is like we're not bullshitting. I mean, we'll do a little bullshit to make it fun and entertaining, and you know, goof around. But no, I like to get raw. I like to get real with it. You know. I feel like people our age are now at the like we're all bitching about our job stage. Oh yeah. And I just can't wait for everybody's dreams to get crushed so that they stop talking about it. <laughs> it's like let's move on to that stage. Oh yeah, I forgot you're a bit of a pessimist over here, huh? I'm not really though, but No. Um, I think Matthew's opinion is just a realist. Yeah. That's what that's what negativists always say. I'm not negative. <laughs> I'm not negative. I'm just realistic. No, that's was that supposed to be me? Because first my off, best fuck, fuck you. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. <laughs> fuck you. And I thought we could maybe like sex my voice up and post. You know, give me like an H. Jones nice Benjamin filter. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filter his voice a little. So, do you have that Apple oh, yeah. suite of products? I'll get my uh, my assistant editors right on that. You should just cut out the heavy breathing. So, as somebody who who is an actor and does this, does a podcast. Have you gotten used to the sound of your own voice? Do you like the sound of your own voice? Great question. No. I mean, I don't, I don't, no. So I think I have a very nasally, high-pitched, raspy voice that I just kind of, <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat now and get on self-conscious about I would, you know, much prefer to have like a nice, big radio voice, <laughs> diaphragmatic breathing, you know. I, I sound like a a mix between like a eighty year old chain smoker and a Girl Scout is I, I, I don't love it. I think I can kinda of make myself laugh. I, I will kinda of giggle at, you know, maybe some comedic timings or like quick thoughts. But I mean, used to it, yes, but am I like do I like my voice? No, not really. I yeah, I would I much you. rather a deeper, more diaphragmatic voice. Yeah. But hey, you gotta 
you you what's the uh, Teddy Roosevelt quote? Do what you can with what you got or something. Sounds uh, like him. Maybe having a funny sounding voice makes you funnier. Teddy Roosevelt. He's the guy who played for the Boston Red Sox. We're number nine. Teddy fucking wait. What's the uh, Inglorious Bastards? Teddy fucking Williams knocks it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a movie. Tarantino. Great Is there movie, anyone dude. better? Speaking of which, um, yeah, with your voice, like you, you kind of just did something. I bet you do like a pretty good Woody Allen impression. Um, I my impression game is, is not. I'm not as up on it as it should be. Uh, no, I don't really do a Woody Allen. Do you have a Woody Allen? No, I, no, of course not. I don't do you have, have any good impressions? Impressions always land. I, I fucking. I don't know how to do <laughs> Dude, that. that's the thing. Like, I, I don't personally. I don't have any good impressions. I, I don't. I'm gonna try and do what you. Uh, dude, that's the thing. Like, personally, like I don't have any really good impressions. <laughs> <laughs> See that? That's when I asked you that question. I was getting to. I fucking hate the sound of my own voice. Dude. Really? I think oh, you have dude. a great voice. No, dude. I feel like I sound like a total bro every time <laughs> I talk. Well, no, no. So, in a professional sounding, you just sound like a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, nah, dude. Like, no, nah, man. I'm just fucking... I'm gonna go... Just gotta go down to the engine room and like fucking check out the EVDs, bro. <laughs> Fuck. I don't even know. I guess only a few lucky people actually like the sound of their own voice. Yeah, like... But... Do you think Morgan Freeman likes the sound of... You've got to. It's like warm butterscotch pudding just like rolling over your body. Nice whiskey. It's like a... Oh, he's got a great voice. Um, Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their self-conscious thingies, you know? Uh, How do you feel about your voice, Matthew? Because I I think you have the most obnoxious one out of all of us. The most obnoxious? I mean, (laughs) fuck, man. I I don't like it. Like, there is 0% chance that I listen to this podcast. It so, is not happening. Fair. So I will say, my speaking of impressions, my dad does a out of the park, knocks it out every time impression of Matthew Jemet. <laughs> Fucking kills it every time. Peter Connick, bless you, sir, if you're listening. Thank you for all the kindness and uh, forgiveness you've shown me. In <laughs> um, can you do any impressions, Matt? No, man. Damn. I don't know, for a, and I'm not going to do it. I'm Can gonna, you do any accents? No, no, no. Definitely not being yeah. recorded. But, I, uh, um, I did one time, like, start to sing a Barry White song, <laughs> and Jordy fucking, like, thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and the next, like, 25 times I saw him, he would make me do it in front of people, but I think I just, like, did a good job the first time. So it was just, like, embarrassing, embarrassingly trying to sing, like, Barry White yeah. in front of people. And it always sucks when someone's like, oh, do that thing you do that's so good. You guys, come look at this. Come here. This is totally. so great. And you're just like, oh, God. Totally out of context. It's like, yeah, dude. on the I mean, spot. Yeah. Oh, man. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, hmm. Your Song by Elton John. Ooh, oh. that's a good one. It's not a crowd pleaser, but that is a good song. No, and I hit those high notes. Or, do you? I attempt to hit those high notes. So. Yeah, we always mean that. If you're going to do one thing I've learned, it's go for gold. If you're singing, just go for gold. Oh, always. my, my yeah. body language is terrible. I look like I'm <laughs> like about to shit my pants up there. Everybody's like, this guy might kill over. Don't. don't That's all. the worst thing about watching some uh, performances. If the person performing is uncomfortable, it's about 20 times worse for an audience member, right? You ever just watch somebody bombing it? And be like, I just want to kill myself. <laughs> Any, I want to kill myself for you. Right. Any amateur stand-up night ever. Some people like pleasantly surprise you, but the people that bomb, like, 
I've never felt bad for somebody like that in my life. Yeah, that's putting yourself out there because you're trying to be. I mean, if you're doing karaoke, you know, you're you're having fun. But if you're doing stand-up comedy, it's like you're trying your hardest to be funny because why else would you be up there? Oof. What's, what's your karaoke song? I was going to say, I, I think from developing a relationship with this gentleman, it's uh, Landslide, Ooh, Dixie Chicks rendition version. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of fun. Recently, after watching Bohemian Rhapsody, though, I'm I'm loving my queen. A little um, Don't Stop Me Now. I'm absolutely loving these days. Um, I don't do enough. We don't do enough karaoke, and we don't do enough dancing. That's what we need more of a, as a society. I do enough dancing. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Barely any is, is plenty of Fucking enough. none. Zero at all? No, Matthew Jermaine, you're not a dancer? No. If I dance... The last time I danced, I was told the next day that I had, and I was surprised. So, like, no. I, have yeah, a strict... I don't think I've, I can't picture you dancing. I've, I've never... Neither can I. So, huh. it doesn't It doesn't happen. That's a shame, Matthew. It's it's a very freeing experience that I think you might one day come to appreciate. No, it's just panic-inducing for me. <laughs> it's like if you're smoking marijuana, and you're like, everybody knows. It's like, if I'm dancing, like, <laughs> everybody is looking at me. And yeah. judging me harshly. That's so interesting because everyone is just worrying about themselves. <clears throat> and like, I don't know. I feel like the guy who's shamelessly dancing out there, people are like, I wish I could be that guy. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I firmly believe that everyone, you don't need to be self-conscious because everyone is being self-conscious about their own shit. They don't really care about you. So they're not really thinking on the, along those lines. But maybe that's easier, easier said than done. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. I just can't help it. All right. It it, do, it does me no favors. I'm like totally aware of that. <laughs> Maybe not. I just, dancing is such a, a fabulous experience. I, I would hate for you to be shut off from that echelon of existence. But hey, maybe I'll never experience taste and, and palate pleasantry and, and not gonna have delicious organ meats food. and blood stews <laughs> not i'm not getting any meat from organ hey what about you bud so um, go to karaoke so go to karaoke songs i'm a big believer that the best karaoke songs are songs where your crowd is gonna know the hook they're gonna know the chorus so they and they're gonna they're gonna belt in for so it kind of saves you so I, i'm with mm. matthew where it's like it's kind of tough to just be inhibition free up there and roll but so like if you were like Remember we did uh, La Burge at the casino, in, at the casino Lake in Saint, Lake Charles. Like, Landslide was a great song. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of an older crowd. Like, not quite geriatric, but, like, a little bit older, you know. Um, so, like, in that situation, You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. Or really any, like, upbeat Paul Simon song is great. But, like, hmm. honestly, I've seen some wonderful karaoke performances with like some Macy Gray, some Eve dude, just like Eve. <laughs> yeah, oh. out there. I'm but not people, gonna lie. people kill it, man. No idea who Paul Simon is. No idea who Macy Gray is. Couldn't name one. Really? Of Macy Gray's like, uh, she's the uh, really soulful chick with like the afro and she, dude, What's she was pop like, uh, oh my god, dude. Try to say goodbye and I choke and all this. I don't think that's the name of the song, but that's the hook. Hmm. You know, you sound like Drake. Drake, uh, in an interview, talks about when he's designing songs, he's trying to make sure that there's songs that'll bang at a concert that people are going to know the hook for and really vibe with. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and of course he does like a lot of just jaw dropping like verses that never end, like songs that don't even have a hook to him. He just kind of flows all the mm-hmm. way through him. You're like, oh my god! But going to one of his concerts, everyone is screaming the words to the entire time, and it's it's a really, it's just the most engaging, fun way to to do a a show, you know. Well, yeah, and like, and that those artists will tell you that. So why, you know, just because it's not your song, why is it any different, dude? Don't you right. want? Because it kind of saves you a little, you know? No, that's good advice. Kind of putting yourself out there, kind of a little awkward, dude. I mean, I would like to, to toss inhibitions to the wayside, but I rarely, if ever, have ever done it. On stage? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's just an awkward place to be, you know? So it's if you can get a song where people are... If you can get a song where people are... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting self-conscious by the mic, but if you can get... <laughs> If you can get a song where people are... Close to their it, microphone, then and it close to the microphone, great. and you sound like real loud and stuff like that. Um, yeah, dude, that's good. That's Don't be opinion. too audacious. You you gotta you ultimately gotta play to your crowd. That's ultimately, yeah. yeah. I got. I don't want to tell a story again because I always tell a story and it just makes me bummed. But the last time I did stand up comedy was I was apparently not being sensitive enough towards the feminine plight and I was met with vicious critique afterwards while trying to befriend some of the women who were putting on the show uh, and they were just they were just not amused are you going to give us uh, an example of the bait you were doing I was, I was talking about my super hot cousin and I was just <laughs> <laughs> see thank you right? hell of a place to funny start funny premise uh, they did not think so so you definitely got to read your audience because, I mean, that's ultimately art you need. It's a, you got the artist and you got the art, like the audience. And, I mean, is it art until someone has consumed it? I don't know. We can get into discussions about our philosophy, but but the answer is no. Where, yeah. uh, where are you doing stand-up comedy? Dude, there's multiple open mics every night of the week in New Orleans. New Orleans really? is a huge stand-up comedy scene. Yeah, dude, cause I, there's plenty of times in the shower where I come up with ideas that I think I am just going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah, you and should write them down, baby. Well, that's the thing. I never write them down, and I guarantee they're not that funny. The difference they're between funny to me. a funny guy and a comedian is a notepad. Ooh. Yeah. Dude, you got to write them down, and then, of course, you got to edit, because not all, not all the shower gems that you think are just dynamite, they're not always going to land. No. But, I mean, part of it, you got to get up there, you got to try it out, you got to see what hits, then you got to refine what does and delete what doesn't, that kind of thing. Yeah, I remember there's a Louis C.K. quote, which, sorry, I know it's kind of... Louis C.K. is hilarious, dude. Oh, yeah, but, you know, all the shit that came out recently, um, which I don't... Oh, when he was, like, jerking off in front of <laughs> four chicks Kind of once. awkward, you know, I don't know how people feel these days about him, but he was saying that uh, every minute of stand-up is an hour's worth of material, which is insane to me. Oh, wow. Just like testing shit out, testing right. shit out, and con- condensing, condensing, condensing. Huh. Yeah, so it's like if you think about an hour-long special, it's 60 minutes. It's like I mean, for all the guys who are really minute. going for it, that's just years and years of oh, yeah. repetition practice. Well, and... <clears throat> Louis would do a new hour every year. Every year, which people said was like insane. He right. was trying to, he was like, uh, I think kind of like trying to, like, following Carlin's footsteps in that respect. Like, I think mm-hmm. Carlin would do a new, a new hour every year. I mean, he had, how many specials did he have? 
Like fucking 20? Not enough, man, but plenty. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorites. And like the funniest thing is I saw like one of the last ones he did when I was like 13 or like Mm -hmm. 15. I was like, who is this old guy? In person? No, on HBO. But like I'd, uh, you know, it's like I grew up really liking like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and like things like that when I was younger. And it's like he's obviously Carlin's obviously a comedy legend. And I like got into him like by way of one of his last specials. I haven't done enough Carlin. I should I should disappear down that rabbit hole. I think that'd be fun. Oh, he's super funny. Yeah, it's certainly worth your while. Who are, who are your uh, favorite comedians right now? Right now, so I guess I don't really watch too much because I'm kind of more into narrative, like not so much com- comedic stand-up bits as like funny programs because I'm trying to, to produce one myself. Um, but I mean, I was I like Chappelle. I thought it was so funny. I loved Dane Cook. You know, when we were that mm-hmm. age, right <laughs> when he came, it was so fun. Um, I love me some Rogan. Uh, Russell Brand is is just God to me. Um, yeah. You listen to any, um Tom, Se- Tom Segura? I've listened to a little bit. He he doesn't quite grip me like uh, like I've heard, but he's I mean he's definitely a talented guy for sure. Hannibal Buress. He's great. Hannibal's so funny, dude. I watched the movie Tag. Did y'all see that? Yeah, no. pretty good. Dude, everything he said in that movie was hilarious. Dude, what's funny is that, like what kills me about him is his delivery is just so casual and nonchalant, exactly. and it's so funny. Dude. Like says it through his teeth. <laughs> his <laughs> eyes are closed, yeah. and he's just like saying it through <laughs> gritted teeth. Not really gritted, but you know what I mean. But you know, he might like his Mike Birbiglia. You were listening. Mike? Brabiglia. Burbiglia, yeah. Burbiglia. He's kind of like a, it's not so much, like his bits will be a whole story. Mm-hmm. Kind of a whole a whole thing. I mean, kind of wholesome, you know what I mean? Not quite like. That's good. I need to work on my <clears throat> wholesome, con- something you can kind of do anywhere. Because it's so easy to gravitate towards like the inappropriate stuff. But if, oh, you, yeah. can, if you can do like a, a corporate setting, like nail a set like that, that's that's impressive. Yeah, so his his whole bits are like, on stories about just things that are happening in his life. You might you might like him, but mm. just tossing it out there. Let me some Mitch Hedberg too. Oh, dude, oh, he's super so funny. funny. Oh but like the beauty about him, dude, is that he would do these all these one liners, and if nothing landed, he would just break character, and people thought that was fucking hilarious, you mm-hmm. know? Which is awesome. He's like kind of an anti joke almost. It's just like he'll just say something. It's like, he just made what? A- he made a comic career off telling dad jokes. Yeah. It was just, yeah, he was like the master of misdirection. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's so, misdirection and surprise. The, the uh, scaffolding of comedy, for sure. Yeah. Um, y'all see any funny movies lately? Any uh, Anything good movie-wise? I've watched a shitload of movies. I actually thought that this year was like an underrated year for movies. Hmm. Um, I saw a ton of great ones. Um First Reformed, that that movie was actually crazy. Um, hmm. If Beale Street Could Talk was good, The Favorite was good, Shoplifters, Burning. Dude, I've never even heard of any of these. Um, Dude, I haven't heard of any of these movies. Y'all, y'all heard of The Favorite and like If Beale Street Could Talk. I've heard of If Beale Street Could, Beale Street Could Talk, but I haven't. I don't know what it's about. I don't know anything about it. Then again, dude, like I'll, I'll go to work and I'll just miss a whole quarter of the year so it's like right and there's so even, much content things right don't even exist to me and it's like whoa what is what is that movie you know what i mean so yeah. now it's been out for yeah you're months. missing out on like 
big memes and like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah dude it's like there's just blank sections of my year you know what i mean yeah. like, if you fuck. miss like a month of instagram that's like 20 internet years right? oh yeah. yeah oh yeah and people like luckily i'm in like a couple group chat group chats in instagram where i'll get sent stuff all right but i never can see it like it's basically like having dialogue those pages there. why are all the, the funny meme pages private what's up with i don't that? know why do i don't they, know why do I don't know. I've been getting like just post being... unavailable. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a recent dog, uh, a new dog owner. Do y'all know like the doggo memes and kind of the doggo culture? So funny, dude. They have a whole language about it. Like, oh heck, I did a, I did a bad. <laughs> I like, oh, there's, there's just pages and pages of, of, of a new language of basically how a dog is talking in English, and it's like really kind of childish. Oh, those get me so good. Those get me great. Dude, uh, something I, I rediscovered recently is, uh, have you ever seen the uh, Sad Dog Diaries? It's like a YouTube video series. Mm-mm. Oh, dude, it is so funny. It's this guy who's kind of got like a, a Morgan Freeman style voice, you know, and uh, he sits there and he... <laughs> he keeps pulling out a beer out of his ice chest, offering it to me. I say, no, no, no. And he goes, no, pass this. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um... But yeah, it'll be this guy who's like, you know, it'll be like the perspective of this like sad dog, big eyes, like droopy face, you know, and it's Uh like, my owner yelled at me today because I went into the cat's Cheser Trust where he creates pea-flavored sprinkles and, you know, poops chocolate. More to follow tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's like... Something so funny about that perspective of of a dog, right? So universal and... Yeah. It it ends with like... He's like, my owner does not like it, but they are delicious. More to follow them. You know, it's just so stupid, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said. The the perspective of a dog is just awesome. Just fluffy and just pure love and just kind of dumb. So are you... How's it going training him? He seems to be like he's doing pretty well. He is. I mean, he just turned five months today, so he's still a rambunctious Full-fledged puppy. Oh, yeah. Um, but, dude, I mean, he... So there's different gradations of training, and, like, you can be a beast in our little training. Like, in our kitchen, he can do, like, 17 different commands, uh, but you're supposed to kind of graduate adding more distractions. It's called proofing it, um, where when you just... It's an automatic, no matter where you are, he's always going to heal. So we're still working on that. Um, it's a handful for sure. It's, it's a lot. I mean, and you got to do it every day. You got to be consistent. It's been pretty fun because especially golden retrievers are so smart. It's pretty cool to see him like pick it up that quick. Um, but it's been good. He, I just, he's such a little weapon of mass joy, which I love. Like I can just roll around and no matter what I know, when I walk by people just drop the, whatever social mask of, you know, you know, what you have to have on to kind of protect yourself, just looking cool or, or just default. And they just go, oh, my God. And they just <laughs> melt. And it's like, yeah, he's like a chick magnet or whatever, but he's just a, a people magnet. It's So it's kind of inspiring and cool to, like, have this thing. It's like I can just make somebody's day a little bit better just by walking by them because they're just going to explode with love. And they're going to walk away, like, feeling way better, right? So that's a really cool thing to wield, which I really love. Um one of my other New Year's resolutions is to give him 100 kisses a day. Uh, which nice. he gets. Oh, he gets. <laughs> yeah. um, so it is also, I was thinking today, just appreciating, like, 
I just have a fluffy face that I can just bury my face into whenever I want. And I'm just wondering what the the ramifications of that are. Like, I'm, I'm probably just objectively such a happier person by having a dog. Because any time I just want some love or I want to give love, it's just free, like, fluffy, precious love. Um, and just watching him sleep is always so cute whenever he's, like, around. And uh, it's been great. I'm... I'm super thankful and excited to, to have my pup. You guys uh, planning any doggo purchases soon or rescues, I suppose? I'd like to. I'm not sure that I'm ready. No. I feel like I'm the uncle to several dogs. So I'm very comfortable. I rode that way for a while. At that level. But yeah, it's like the more you do that, the more you want one of your own. Mm-hmm. It's a big commitment. Huge commitment. Would do you have a, a flavor of pup that you would get? If you had to get one right now and you could pick, would you? Um, actually, no. I'm pretty, uh, I don't discriminate when it comes to dogs. Bless you. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, it's like, if I had a dog, like, I think I would want one that was, like, size appropriate for New Orleans. Meaning? Um, well, it's just like... A little smaller so you can bring them around? Yeah, so you bring them around. I don't know if I want to be picking up huge shits. Uh, the like man, are getting man style dumps, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're getting, they're getting big. So, it's interesting, but like, you know, the classic labs, golden retrievers, like you know, those dogs are the shit. Um, John, Jonathan's dog is pretty <coughs> hilarious. What it's like that? a corgi mix, and he is like all up in your business. <laughs> <laughs> that dog has more energy than like I've ever seen. Yeah, but very cool. Um, he actually got hit by a car in front of our house. <laughs> was one of the most traumatizing moments of my life. Shit. He was okay, happened? though. Yes. Well, luckily, yes. Um, totally fine. <clears throat> but we were... It's like Jonathan had just picked him up, like, driven all the way to Texas. And then, like, brought him over to my apartment. And at the time, I was living with, like, a place that faced the street. And, like, Broadway's pretty heavily trafficked street. Well... It was really fucked up because I had just, like, taken a picture. It's like Jonathan was, like, like, sleeping, like, curled up with the dog, like, before. And I was like, oh, that's cute. You've got to get those photos. I've staged a couple of those because you've got to get those photos. (laughs) But, like, Jonathan just opened the door, and I was standing outside. He opened the front door, and I saw that he just darted straight out. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, there's probably not a car. And I turn to my left, and there's a car coming, like, going 30. And you saw all of this in real time. But, like, we're completely helpless to do anything about it. And the dog, like, the dog intersected with the car. The car hit the dog. And, like, we all covered our eyes immediately. Like, I was like, I'm going to take my hands off of my eyes and see, like, a fucking dog splattered all over the road. And I was like felt like i was about to throw up and uh the first day that he got basically dog. like well not yeah not exactly the first day but it was very soon after uh-huh. and um so i open my eyes i look at the street it's not there um oh God, so it's like how far away is it? right <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden he comes like running back up and he just like looks happy as a clam and what we were all losing it and, like, one of my buddies is in, like, vet school, so I texted him, and he was like, look, 
if the dog is like really weird about eating or like really weird about using the bathroom, like you might need to take him to the vet because that's like an obvious sign that something's wrong. But no, he was fine. I think he like basically got hit in the head and like rolled under the car. So maybe he was like concussed. He had like a very minor like laceration of the face. But like I it's I haven't felt that bad since then and I don't remember like it's just you know, it's one of those things where your stomach drops. Oh god. Um it was rough. But Henry is alive and well. <laughs> happy as ever. Ugh, that makes me wanna just explode thinking about it. You didn't like think to scream and flail, wave your arms and dude. It was it was too fast. That dog is really fast, and like the car was moving, and the lady, the poor lady who hit him, like stopped and pulled over and came out. She was shaking, and she was like, "I love, I love dogs," and like was losing her mind. And I was like, I couldn't believe that he was okay. That was close to one of the most traumatizing experiences of my life. Dude, no thanks. All right, well, I think we, uh, we're we reaching the end of um, of our segment tonight. Unless you guys have any like interesting riddles or fun kind of philosophical conundrums. Anything on your mind? Anything you think the world needs to hear? Any questions for me? Any tongue twisters? Any, uh, anything? No, I'm all set. Yeah, we've been talking for a while. Um, no, not really, man. Then we're gonna end, little uh, what's it called, Dear Abby kind of style. Like, how can we make the world a little better of a place? What information can we distill from your consciousness, Matthew Jement, that maybe no one else can um, can say? What what what's something actionable that people can do? That will probably make their lives and people, the people's lives around them better. Um, I don't know. I mean, you put me on the spot. Uh, Take your time, baby. I'll, I can um, do some slam poetry while we're waiting, or I can. Um, Connor can ask me the capital of any state, and I ooh. can maybe answer it. Do you know the capital of Alaska? Juno. Is the capital of Kentucky pronounced Louisville or Louisville? I thought it was Frankfurt. I was about to say. It. Yeah, it <laughs> you son of a bee. It is Frankfurt. Speaking of which, we brought up Kentucky earlier in the podcast, and I was actually talking about Kentucky later on in Oregon, winding down. I don't think I've ever met a single individual like from the state of Kentucky. Damn, you should have been in our pledge class. Oh, oh okay. I guess that is true. Boys. Yeah. It she is had true. perfect gentleman. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe not the like first. Like, Jordy. Jordy's from Lexington, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's very Mer- gentleman. He's the most gentlemanly hooligan I've ever met. Yeah, he's a good dude. Hands down. Great dude. Insane dude. But great guy. Yeah, good he's guy. a man. I haven't seen him in forever. Quality individual. We love you, Jordy. Um, how to make the world a better place. I'll go first, and I'll stall for time for you guys. No, I'll, 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 I'll go with mine. Oh, okay. Um, this is, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like it's the most obvious one. Um, it's like take climate change seriously. It's an actual <laughs> issue. You can make fun of me for that one. No, it, there's it a is. a lot of people, yeah. It's like the top three biggest problems that we as a species are facing. Definitely. And I know there's a lot of people that are going to listen. Well, 
probably not a lot. It's me and Connor, so you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for <laughs> guests. But some people out there that are like fucking nerd, but that's mine. What do you have kind of a personal connection to it, or have you experienced personal, something? It's just that's like an learn about? overwhelmingly difficult problem to solve. Hmm. Um, really requires that people be bought in because, I mean, the solutions are essentially like solutions that people hate like taxing carbon dioxide so like yeah your gas is going to cost more and like it's but you just have to be on board and know mm. that you're part of the planet bro sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it's climate change nuclear war and artificial intelligence are kind of the three like diciest most pertinent issues that we need to like address or we're like gonna get wrecked so thank you for your input, sir. No worries. Daddy Connick, what you got for us, baby? Um, <clears throat> well, since Matthew was a fucking nerd, <laughs> and uh, no, I was I was gonna talk about trash in the water, but whatever. Huh. Just try not to do that. Cut up your uh, six pack holders and stuff that's like a, that. That's a real thing. It's yeah. Terrific. Oh yeah, dude. You got to slice through the middle. Well, most people are doing like the caps. You know what I mean? Like the plastic caps where you, they're kind of biodegradable and stuff like that. So. But other than that, dude, just be... What about the caps? What about so now, now, like, companies, like, for instance, this beer company that we're drinking has, like, plastic caps. So it's, like... Oh, it's, the it's, six It's not, like, a ring. It's caps. Yeah, it's a cap. Yeah. You pop it out of the cap. And those are um, biodegradable or more so than... Well, it's, I like, think so. dolphins can't get them stuck around there. They just don't have enough, like, free space for things to do that. But other than that, dude, like, be good at one another... Hang out, have a good time. I don't really know. Just try and be a try and be a good dude. Be a good person. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Easy. Easy to remember. Topical. Deep. Thank you. Um, I guess I'll. God, I'm just probably say something sick because it's my show. Um, I get, we kind of touched on breathing today, and I kind of often come back to this, but I want to say. In through your nose, out through your mouth, especially if you're having a difficult time or, or like you really need to focus because you're you're all over the place, you're exercising or whatever, but kind of like rhythmic, controlled breathing. I mean, when it comes down to it, breathing is, is one of the most important decisions you make. It's like you, you got to be standing up nice and straight. You got to take nice, deep, relaxed breaths and um, yeah, just calm down, stay chill, be a good boy. I learned that exhaling when you're when you're just uh, not when you're like exercising or anything, but when you're just kind of chilling, you're doing your basal metabolic normal activity. Exhaling is a is a passive process. So inhaling takes kind of energy. Exhaling takes no energy at all. All you're doing is is relaxing your body completely, and then the pressure differential is I think it's lower outside than inside, so that causes the air to like zip out of your lungs. That's not really a piece of advice. I just thought it was fascinating. But, yeah, if you find yourself kind of kind of geeking out or you're about to do something important, take a couple deep breaths and go for gold, baby. All right, gentlemen. Thanks so much for having us. Any, yeah, appreciate any, it, man. Any Thank causes you. we want to drive traffic towards, any charities or or social media? You guys aren't really social media bros, bless you, but any uh, any shout-outs or anything you before we sign off, anything you want to say? Uh, no real social media causes, because I don't know of any, but...
but um, no, not really. Okay. I think you, I think you did bring up a good point just now, though, because there's a, there's a lot of people out there, especially our age, who are stressing out about work and shit like that. Just Life is a free. stressful goddamn game, bro. But it's okay. We here at the Snuggly Dragon, we're for you and we love you. And then I'll conclude this podcast. Bless you, Jones. <laughs> audibletrial.com slash snuggle get a free audiobook 30 days free trial it's really great this is a commercial for my new movie available on amazon.com it's called the horse's ass it's a short film when four wild bridesmaids lose the family engagement ring during a raucous bachelorette party they bring to court the suspected culprit their stripper centaur here's a little audio teaser just for you the stripper stole my engagement ring. Time out. Did you really eat those scorpions? My client is a proud member of a stoic race of mythical creatures. He stuffed me like a turkey last night. I am Phaedipity. Let the record show that he is a total dick. Are you sure you passed the bar? I have never passed out. Not at the bar, not ever. Pagan whores! Pagan whores, your honor. The defense calls Jean Latifah. I drove them to a ladies' establishment called Floppy Richards. I accidentally touched her booby area. <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah, I pulled that tasty little wallaby out of the sea turtle tank. It's very true what they say about horses. Huge. We centaurs live by a code. Our gold must be earned, our women powerful. And preferably with massive breasts. Fantastically, I consent. But you gave it all up to become a mythical slut bag. Objection, your honor. If that sounds like it might float your boat, give a little clicksy on that link in the podcast description. Check it out, giggle, and maybe even leave us a nice thoughtful review on Amazon describing your experience. Bless you, my child.